Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. There's local politics, bud. I don't care about the weather. I can't control the weather. Don't want to talk about the weather. Do we not agree? Sustained effort and violence. It can be a total goat rodeo. Cool, neat story. Was that supposed to be funny? This is why nobody else can get on the sug boat. You know what? We couldn't get on the sug boat. It's a test. What's the point of kissing his ass if we can't get on the sug boat? It's a test. Y'all are haters and non-believers. Sug, sug. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hello. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios. We are talking to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 125930, also online, pr927fm.com. What's on your mind? You can let us know on Facebook Live or on YouTube. You can watch the show there and comment and send us questions, whatever you, you want to discuss here on this Tuesday. And uh, watch along as we do the program. You can also hit us up on Twitter at PR927FM on Twitter or uh, a personal tweeter page at Tweeting Clip. Uh, we have some guests to get to on today's program, including former Pirate Great, now a member of the Detroit Tigers organization, Bryant Packard. We'll uh, catch up with Pack, see what he's up to. Been nursing an injury, so we'll get a health update with Bryant and uh, find out how he's doing and what he's doing in the baseball world. By the way, just saw moments ago on Twitter that the Major League Baseball and the MLBPA met today, and according to Jeff Passan, nothing happened. So the lockout uh, continues. No deal. Um, The meeting was today. Passon says little progress was made. The on-time opening of spring training at this point is in grave danger. Frankly, it would take a miraculous deal coming together to rescue. A delay feels inevitable. So, what does that mean for minor league guys like Bryant Packard? Is he keeping up with this? Does he care about it? Does he tune into it? Does he avoid it? We'll uh, we'll ask him what this means for him uh, when we talk to him coming up in about twenty minutes or so. Big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, will get us ready for a big night tonight in college basketball. We'll talk a little Pirate Hoops, AAC Hoops, see what's going on tonight, and talk uh, Super Bowl 56 as well when he joins us at 4 o'clock. Also, in the 4 o'clock hour, Stephen Igo hoists the colors, talk all things ECU with Igo, and uh, start talking quarterback carousel. There was, a, I guess, Albert Breer reported that Washington is going to take a big swing at the quarterback position this this offseason. Don't know what that means. It doesn't mean they're going to get any contact. They're just going to take a hack and see what happens. I goes Broncos are in that position. There's a chance the Panthers make a move at quarterback right now. Sam Darnold seems to be the plan, but that could always change. So we'll talk QBs. Uh, even though I go knows nothing about QBs, I'm just remembering. We will talk to him about it maybe we'll teach him something coming up later on in the show and in the five o'clock hour we will talk some temple athletics pirates and temple go at it seven o'clock on wednesday night in Minji's coliseum ryan wallen from 
Temple's 24-7 site will join us on the program to talk some Owls hoops. Last time it was Kinston native Damian Dunn hurting the Pirates with 33 points and a last-second three. And we'll see what Temple and Dunn have done, have done, done, done since then. A lot of Dunn's there. Uh, Steve Hill says, Clippers! Clipper! CJ Schaefer in there uh, working on things with Shirley, just keeping him on his toes in there. Good job, CJ. Figuring it out. Yeah, you are uh, figuring out as you go. I like it. And Chan Man, Chandler Honeycutt here as well, of course uh josh says big news from ecu baseball today hitting 2000 in season tickets nice nice that was the goal a couple of weeks ago and they've gotten to that goal so pirates um beginning the season here in a few weeks oh yeah get some baseball going i've been talking to people uh saw some people over the weekend at tiebreakers watching some football there a lot of ecu baseball fans there asking them if they're ready they are ready i think all of pirate nation's ready so you did a ready check. Are you ready? And yes. everybody. All right, you ready? Yes. Everybody was you ready? ready that you asked. Everybody. Wow. All right, 100% Every ready. single body. Uh, Susan Dean says, hashtag fire Matt rule. It's, you know. Today is February 1st, so it's the 32nd day of the year. There's 365 days in a year. I think Susan's planning on like my question this is hashtag every day yeah is she going to do this every day until the day that he is fired i'm gonna uh should i take a little credit for tony dunn softening up a bit and putting out these articles about how matt rule is hiring good assistants maybe i, I maybe you made him pump the brakes a little bit all I've, I've said is like you don't have to hate everything the guy does at least you know you can that's fine whatever you want to do you say that because i've been thinking about that if if maybe you have influenced him motivated him to kind of find some kind of light yeah in the situation might as well right and for i mean i kind of agree with tony i mean for what he's been tony, man, tony let's go to tony <laughs> at cat chronicles um but matt rule is you know putting together a, a, an assistant or you know a staff that uh i think he's learned his lesson he's getting guys in here that have experience he's hiring ben mcadoo who's got obviously got experience not only as a head coach but as an offensive coordinator and then the most recent hire uh jeff campin campine or whatever his name is coming from the texans last year as the offensive line coach i did see that he is texans had, were awesome last year um yeah poor david cully but he also spent some time in la and then also uh i think he spent a good t- a bit of time in green bay as their offensive line coach so i think he's learned his lesson he's getting guys in here that have experience and uh so i can't believe i'm saying this kudos to matt rule wow okay see i'm trying to turn you guys now they're gonna st- they're gonna stink again next year but that's in september it's a lot you should save up some of your hate between now and september you know why use it all in the off season yeah kind of save it there's plenty to go around once and then the when, when, the, when the time is right to unleash that hate yeah it's going to be a mess it's going to be a bloody mess exactly so you know you don't have to use it all now save a little bit all right um susan does bring up a good point as long as i'm paying hard-earned money for my seats i will continue to say that fire is true rule. she is a psl <laughs> so there you go there's uh some financials involved in that complaining um all right uh tomorrow is the big day where there's a new commander in town the commanders Mm. apparently washington's gonna be called the washington commanders i'm fine with it 
go durs go manders go mandos did i see there was a video of i don't know who it was for you in the front office there in washington but it kind of it was a, like a aerial view of him sitting down and then it kind of exposed yeah jason wright uh it, it exposed the commander's logo and, um, and stuff like that kind of tired of him already so gave him a chance early <laughs> now i don't know about him yeah they're trying to clean up this whole organization and it's not working uh but again i'm whatever i'm fine with commanders if that indeed is the name um everybody's gonna pick on it make fun of it that's fine that's, i'm not that's what people do and if you do that's fine last time we played on the football field we commanded you to lose in charlotte see oh. like, I, I, what I, that was good but like i'm i'm i was just about to say i'm not gonna make fun of the name why would i make fun of the name if something's stupid or silly you make fun of it you don't think commanders is i think that's why i like commanders it's kind of tough to make fun of yeah it's, it's so boring and generic it's like it is but I, I mean there's a connection and at least it's not just a random name what's the connection you're in washington dc the government commands us to do everything yeah exactly <laughs> we're listening to our commanders commander-in-chief this is a sports show exactly so let's stick to sports chandler gosh Man. sorry i didn't mean to bring up politics <laughs> uh so that's coming tomorrow maybe there'll be a curveball i doubt it all right big news today tom brady had retired and then unretired and now he's re-retired first of all this has just been one weird sequence of events here's what's weird to me and this sounds like an unpopular take from everything i've read why is everybody so mad at adam schefter yeah i know now if you don't if you don't think he should have a job or his job should not exist for breaking news then that's one thing but at this adam schefter does this all the time he has news about trades coaching hires coaching fires free agents before it comes out officially it's what all the time what he's known for so if you don't like him reporting that tom brady's going to retire do you not like him reporting that a player's going to be traded darnold's going to the panthers it's the same thing that's what that's his job that's what he does i don't understand why people were so upset at him now if it's like a a personal thing where tom brady said hey uh adam i'm gonna retire on tuesday but don't tell nobody if he like broke it then okay well tom brady has the right to be mad and maybe that's crappy for him to do that but i don't think that was the case he just he found out tom brady was going to retire and, posted and said it out tom there. brady's going to retire i don't understand why people are so upset with adam schefter again if you don't think his job should exist then you should be upset with everything he comes out with three days before the team announces it that's my take i, I don't know i don't understand the big deal yeah well i mean and the the thing about brady though is he came out after all the breaking news of him retiring on Sunday. He came out and said, hold on, first of all, I'm no, and I quote, nowhere near making my decision on retirement. He also said, I'm going to have to, you know, think about this. I've got, you know, it's, he made it seem like it was going to be a drawn out decision, uh, you know, a, a drawn out process. And two days later, he comes out and says, I've retired. 
like that's been the, the weird thing for me. What happened to the long process? What happened to you know sitting down and thinking about it? With there the was no process. He just wanted to be the one to announcement to announce it. That's fine. Like, why did he tell someone he was going to retire? Yeah. Or did Adam Schefter just make a huge guess? I don't know. The whole thing's whatever to me. Adam Schefter is going to report that the Texans are going to hire a coach probably before the Texans announce it. Is that wrong? Should he not do that? I don't understand. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me why I'm right. I agree with you. Thank you, Chandler, for agreeing with me. Mike says, what if Shefty had his fingers crossed when Brady told him not to tell anyone? Well, if you have your fingers crossed... You, game. you can you can lie about anything <laughs> fair game yeah i mean the rules are the rules uh steve says that commander sounds like a arena league or xfl team i wonder why that why that's so could it be because there was a team in the aaf called the san antonio commanders maybe that's why it sounds like a AAF team because there was a team called the Commanders. That sounds a lot like a AAF team. That's kind of my point. It's so like boring and generic. It's tough to make fun of unless you say it's boring and generic. So, uh, John Moody says, "I want to be the first ever back-to-back giveaway winner in Pirate Radio history." But now, with it being a new month, a ch- it's a challenge to Josh Thomas to carry out this challenge. Yeah. John Moody yesterday on Facebook uh, in the comments said, called a shot yesterday for the show. Um, he said, wanted to and, win and then do like a money in the bank style the next day. And and win the next day. Yeah. Because everybody's eligible today. So Josh Thomas, like John Moody said, has a chance to carry that out. Josh, I wonder if we've ever had a back-to-back winner, Shirley Rhodes. It sounds pretty rare. I'm going to say this could be the first. If Josh wins the prize today. Could you imagine Josh Thomas winning today and being the first Pirate Radio winner to win back-to-back booty bags? And I guess we're just going to do a call-in in the third hour since the idea I had yesterday for today's giveaway didn't come to fruition. I guess not. <laughs> I didn't know Shirley was listening. Whoops. We'll do it next week. Whoops. Uh, we'll have a winner coming up in hour three of today's show. Uh, Brady, oh, Josh says game on. Game on. All right, so uh, trying to be the first back-to-back winner in Pirate Radio Live history. Uh, Brady out. How are we feeling? I'm feeling great. Relieved. Yeah, he's going to take over uh, Big Ben's Hall of Fame ceremony. It's awesome. Well, Retire a different year, Ben. Should have retired two years ago. That is true. Brady is leaving too early. Ben left too late. <laughs> yeah. It is pretty rare. We've talked about like Peyton Manning in that Super Bowl and how Von Miller carried Peyton Manning's weekend at Bernie's lifeless body <laughs> to a Super Bowl podium. Like he, I heard somebody today say Brock Osweiler could have won that Super Bowl. We'll talk about that with Igo because he also said that Osweiler got hurt and that's why Manning went back in and played late in the year. I don't remember that. We'll see if I go. The Broncos fan remembers that. But anyway, um, it kind of, I don't know if it makes a difference or not. It is another team now that's going to be in a quarter in the quarterback sweepstakes this offseason. 
and Bruce Arians will probably attract Aaron Rodgers to Tampa, and they'll be another factor next year. Can you see that happening? And then there ruins my hopes again. They drafted was it Kyle Trask? I think yes, from Florida. Yeah, I mean I don't think he's ready. Why did I think that uh, my roommate, who is a big Florida fan, um, reminded me that they had Kyle Trask, and I could have swore they had Blaine Gabbert playing behind uh, Tom Brady, um, but I, I have heard the name Kyle Trask. They'll definitely go out <laughs> to be sure and, and get somebody else. So, could it be Aaron Rodgers? Well, we shall see. I think so. Uh, Blaine Gabbert was on that roster this year. He was, I guess he was the backup with Trask, kind of just hanging out there. Former number two overall pick behind Cam Newton. That's crazy, isn't it? Yep. Man. Yep. Um, Steve Hill says first back-to-back Free Beer Friday winner. All right. So he's in the record books for that. Mike says if you were Brady today and can finally eat real food, what would you eat first? Chicken mm. wings. Chicken wings? Oh, yeah. That's a good choice. What flavor? Um, go probably half. I'm going to get 20 wings. All right. Half. I'm going to get half buffalo. Probably do half spicy garlic. Okay. From AJ's? Sure. Do you get spicy garlic other places? Spicy Some, garlic at uh, yeah, sometimes. AJ's is great. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, my, that's my go-to at AJ's. Yeah. Um, and then some fries, wings and fries, wings and fries, ranch or blue cheese, ranch, baby. All right, CJ, what should Tom Brady eat today? Man, I'm Chandler kind of swung me onto the wings, except I'm a Parmesan garlic guy. Okay, wings. Mm. some so. garlic parm wings. Mm-hmm. Those are good. How about a big old plate of spaghetti and meatballs? How about a big old fat dish of lasagna? I'm going the Italian variety. Okay, can't go wrong with that. What about some gabagoo? <laughs> I don't know what that is. Do you know what that is? No. I just know it's from The Sopranos. Uh, Rich has breaking news. According to sources, I would allow. I would like to announce John Moody will not be back-to-back winner on Pirate Radio. Ooh. Well, we know that. It's impossible. Cause he didn't, didn't John Moody say himself that he wasn't going to be that? <laughs> yes. But is this like Tom Brady? <laughs> this is somebody else reporting the news. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, how about this? Is the NFL rigged? Is it fake? Is it scripted? Or do you believe in Quinky Dinks, aka coincidences? May 18th, 2017, Los Angeles announces the Inglewood Stadium's opening will be delayed by a year due to flooding. They had a rain in uh, 2017. Five days later, the NFL announced to, uh, the host stadiums for Super Bowl 55 and 56 would swap. That set up the Bucks to play at home last year and the Rams to play at home this year. That is a, that is a strange little take there. That just goes to show you that it's not about the quarterback, the coach. God determines <laughs> the outcome of sporting events. And he determined that the Bucks would host last year and the Rams would host this year. You know who's hosting next year's Super Bowl? If Pittsburgh. you want to No. Well, I thought we were going on the trend of host team host the city that or host the team that plays there, so I was trying to get my hopes up. So wrong twice. Well, I'm no. trying to get my hopes up. Can I just no. can I have this? You can't. 
Uh, yeah, okay, fine. Let's play your fantasy land game. Who's quarterback in the Steelers in that game? I don't know, but wouldn't it be awesome if Mason Rudolph gets pulled to the Super Bowl? No. Oh. You're not on Pittsburgh radio. What do you mean, wouldn't that be awesome? Oh. Wouldn't that be awesome? (laughs) Wouldn't that be awesome if Mason Mason Rudolph? Everybody loves Mason Rudolph, right? I don't even love Mason Rudolph. That is a Super Bowl quarterback right there. If I were you, CJ. I was about to say, didn't you hate on him last week? Oh, I thoroughly Uh, hate him. If I were you, CJ, and I was giving you the opportunity to continue the fantasy land uh, path, and I asked you that question, you would have said Aaron Rodgers leads us to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. But you missed out. Now it's going to be Mason Rudolph. You had your chance. Um, Next year, I could kind of see this happening. What about Kyler Murray and the Cardinals hosting in their stadium? Eh? Do you give Kingsbury and Murray a chance? I think they could. I think they could. I mean, they started – they were the last undefeated team this year, right? Yeah. Uh, let's see. There, this was on Reddit, and a poster had this. Um, you had the Bills go to the Super Bowl four times. Each time they were beat by the NFC East. You had the bad guys win last year, and now the NFL is doing some fan service by putting an underdog team to root for in the Super Bowl this year in Cincinnati. And like every other major television show, the only cities that exist are Los Angeles and New York. So let's make sure L.A. is not only represented in the series finale, but also where it takes place. So there's something to this, like, this writing. Conspiracy theory? Yeah. And why do people hate Washington so much that are doing the writing here? I mean, I get Carolina, because Carolina doesn't matter. Never have. Never have, never will. Ooh. Mm. But I don't understand the Washington hate by these writers. I don't get it. All right, anything else here on the rundown? NFL news, Buck scoreboard. What do you got on the Buck scoreboard? Uh, nothing much. <laughs> no college basketball. Bonnie's and Davidson. Where is the U? How? What? what uh, is the? Is Miami on the Buck scoreboard? Oh, Kenny Pickett has small hands. Saw that today. So did Joe Burrow. Apparently, didn't he? Yeah, I did see that. That he was told that the ball would slip out of his hands. Are yeah. you worried about Kenny Pickett's small hands? Not in the slightest. Okay. <laughs> Uh, neither am I. Uh, you're asking about Miami? So Chandler has a uh, futures bet on Miami to win the ACC. When did you do that? Uh, a few weeks ago. Before impressive. they beat Duke, Carolina. Before they really started winning games. It was about Very a month impressive. ago. Yeah. Because last year we took Miami Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday during the ACC tournament during the day. Just give us something to watch. Oh, yeah. Okay. And they, they didn't win that last game, but they covered they covered all three games. Oh, it was like three or four straight days of me and Clip Brock sitting here in this in Studio A watching Miami basketball. Um, and that ride was, I'm going to be honest, it was thrilling. It was fun. <laughs> and to help make my decision, I think we had brought up about, all right, who are we going to go for, who are we running with in the ACC tournament this year? And I said, well, I kind of want to go back with Miami. Why not? And uh, so I looked and I was like, man, you, you know, Miami's odds are up there. Why not take it? So I did, and let's go, Canes. Seems to be paying off so far. Canes are sixteen and five, eight and two on top of the ACC. They will play seven o'clock uh, Wednesday night against Notre Dame. So while you're checking out ECU Temple, you'll have your uh, a side eye on that game. Yeah, and I'll also Catholics be- versus convicts. Oh, that's right. 
Billy Weaver tuned in. We'll talk to Weave tomorrow about the Washington football name announcement. Uh, he says, moist and tender. Hmm, where's he going with this? <laughs> oh, Billy. <laughs> moist and tender cured meat made from the neck of a pig. That's gabagoo. Gabagoo. Really? Ted never knew that. Huh. That's what Weaver a says. Bit of gabagoo. If anybody wants to dispute that, they are free to do so. I thought it was just something people said. <laughs> sound Italian. It sounds uh, cool to say. Yeah. Uh, let's take a break. We'll come back when we return. We will talk to former pirate great Bryant Packard. Get an update with Pack. See what he's up to. We'll do that when we return on Pirate Radio Live here on a Tuesday. Back with you after this. for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Are you interested are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? CopyPro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year, and they need more and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and learn more. Now let's head back to the show. Here's Cliff Brock. All right. You had me in the first half. I'm not going to lie, but you came through there. Well done, CJ. Words got a little mixed up, but we're there. Um, Redbeard says the Hall of Fame stage isn't big enough to hold Brady's ego and Big Ben's body. Maybe we're going to have to separate the two. I don't know. All right. Uh, do we have our guest? We do on the Pirate Radio Live line joining us, former Pirate Great. Now a member of the Detroit Tigers organization, he is Brian Packard joining us here on Pirate Radio Live. Pack, great to catch up with you, man. How you been doing? I've been doing great, man. How are you guys doing? Doing fantastic. Let's start uh, with your health, Brian. How you uh, how you feeling today? <laughs> Pretty healthy. <laughs> Good to hear. You uh, yeah. you swinging, getting swings in, stuff like that. Yeah, I've been uh, pretty much cleared since. I'd say like October. Okay. I was down in, yeah, I was down at the spring training facility, um, rehabbing up until then. And then I moved on out here to Charlotte. So me and my girlfriend got a, uh, just written a place up here in uptown. Good deal. Brian Packard joining us. Brian, how much are you keeping up with? We talked about it earlier. Jeff Passan reporting on MLB and the MLBPA and, and the meetings and what's going on there. And, uh, there was a meeting today. Nothing came of it. Jeff Passon said it's now looking like the start date to spring training will be pushed back unless something miraculous happens. So how much, as you know, a guy trying to make his way through the minor leagues, are you keeping up with the, the talks that are going on? Uh, I haven't been keeping up with it uh, very much at all, Cliff, to be honest with you, because it doesn't really affect us minor leaguers um, unless you're on like the 40-man. So no matter what happens with them, it's not really going to affect us. Um, I will say... The only thing that's changed, I was initially supposed to go down to Lakeland and start getting, you know, ready to roll February 20th, but they agreed on, you know, different protocols or whatever, so now I'm not able to go March 13th. Um, so I guess that's the only thing that has affected us, which kind of sucks because we want to get down there, but they're not going to open the facility up uh, until March 13th. So 
Um, I don't know. It's just a it's, it's just a lot of back and forth. I see a lot of tweets about it. It doesn't really see anything as uh, come of come of much. They don't. I don't. I don't think either sides really like each other. <laughs> it appears that way. We were talking to Alec Burleson about it a couple weeks ago. He joined us on the show, and I guess Brian and you kind of said it there. Like, are you guys slated to? play minor league no matter what happens with these talks are you are you supposed to be playing some games here in a few months yes so we are set for i think first week of april is our first game um and that's from high a or low a all the way up to triple a um unless you're so, so if you're on the 40 man you can obviously still play minor league baseball right um but not this year because of the lockout if you're on the 40 man um you're not allowed to so those guys that could be slated for like double a who were protected by the Rule 5 draft by putting on 40-man aren't even going to be able to play uh, until they make an agreement, which kind of sucks for some guys. No doubt. Uh, kind of a, a good news, bad news. You'd love uh, – you always want your name on that 40-man, but if you're not able to play, that kind of stinks. So, Brian, I, I always ask you guys this. Any idea where you'll uh, you'll start this season, what level? Uh, any idea yet? I think I will start in double-A. Um, if, you know, if I had to put money on something, it would definitely be double-A. Okay, good deal. And what? Uh, where is that, Bryant, for you? That is in Erie, Pennsylvania. All right. Nowhere you yet. Yeah, not a lot going on out there. <laughs> Erie, Pennsylvania. Uh, do they have cool hats? Yeah. That's all I care about. Yes, they do. They do. And they also, I think the Tigers set the record for coldest affiliates as well. Nice. So, yeah, coldest affiliates. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you played some cold games here to start seasons. And uh, not to dwell on your health, Bryant, but... Yeah, how many games do you think you played at East Carolina at a hundred percent, where you felt like you were a hundred percent? Oh boy, my freshman year, uh, half the games. My sophomore year, pretty much my sophomore year, I was great. Um, felt amazing. I only missed one series. That was a Charlotte series, just because you know I messed up my back. And my junior year, I'd probably say like two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> was your sophomore year? Was that the four hundred year? Yes. Yeah, that was the completely healthy, the the good year, um, and then my last year, obviously, messed up my hand, uh, hurt my hamstring really bad, and then the back was always barking at me. So. Brian, we asked, uh, we have Ventavius Cooper on recently. He had a one thousand yard rushing season in twenty thirteen. That was the last one thousand yard rushing season since Keaton Mitchell uh, did it last season. And Ventavius was kind of honest when he answered. He was like, "Yeah, I'm happy for Mitchell, but." I kind of like my name always coming up as being the last 1,000-yard guy. So you hit 400, and you didn't have a lot of time to sit back and celebrate your name in the record books after what Connor Norby did last year. So were you upset that Connor, like, killed all your records? No, I was not upset. I'm happy for <laughs> Norbs, man. That guy, that guy works hard. Um, yeah, he broke a lot of them for sure. I think I think twice in the same season he almost – beat the hit uh the hit street right oh yeah right just like unheard of yeah he got the 20 games twice so if he could have had like two more good games i think he would have had a 50 game hit streak but um no i was i was happy for that guy man he uh he rakes and i think he's gonna have a really good professional and that's the thing with ECU baseball. Cliff Godwin makes fun of us at, at this point because we always say, hey, how are you going to replace Bryant Packard and, and Brickhouse? And then, you know, like Burley and Francisco, Norby, all these guys come along. And now that's the question. How are you going to replace those guys? And the way this program works, Bryant, as you know, the way Cliff recruits, there, there's always going to be the next studs here in Greenville. And that, that's how it's supposed to be. And that's the, the program Cliff Godwin has. Right, right. I think that's always the question, like you said. And then out of nowhere, you know, guys step up um, for 
you know, Burley, I remember watching Burley's first ever batting practice. I was like, dude, is this guy ever going to play Division One baseball? <laughs> you know, and then he comes out of nowhere and rakes. And I feel like I was the same way after my freshman year. I was okay. And then, you know, I, I stepped up as well. And uh, I wasn't surprised Norby did what he did. I was, well, to hit that well, I was kind of surprised, obviously, because he just went off. But there's there's new guys all the time. I mean, this this lineup's still going to be stacked with the new addition of uh, Carter Cunningham. You got Agnos, Ryder. Yeah, Mac, um, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be another fun year. I can't wait. No doubt. And and Brian, you can speak to it as a player. You were good when you got here, and you were even better by the time you left East Carolina. So, what is that? All, everybody, Cliff Godwin brings in as good at baseball as good. But how do they get better as their as the seasons roll on here in Greenville? How about you personally? What what helped you? Kind of, you know, how did you hit four hundred in a season? What led to that? Uh, what did you do to get better day in day out here? Well, for me personally, uh, so halfway through my freshman year, I hurt my back. Um, and then it took me, it gave me another perspective on baseball. You know, I was able to sit back and watch from the dugout, you know, be with Coach Godwin and see how he runs things. You know, I was always on a chart in the dugout. And in, the, in that fall, the fall before my sophomore year, I was just, I was still hurt. And I was able to stand in on bullpens all the time and, you know, really get close to Coach Godwin and, like I said, see the game from another perspective. But I think that's what helped me so much um, was just all that and then just learning the culture, man. I know we talk about it all the time, but the, the culture is, 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 is awesome. It locks guys in. You know, it, it really makes guys want to play baseball. And um, you never know how, you know how great baseball is until it's taken away from you. Like, like, I, uh, like I've got it taken away from me a few times with my injuries. Um, but I just think the way Coach uh, Cliff teaches hitting, first of all, you know, he's got – he teaches the basics when you come in there. You know, he completely changes your swing and you know, makes you really uncomfortable. Um, and then when you get into the game, it almost it almost seems like practice. So he's obviously a great a great hitting coach, but, you know, the culture is what, what uh, sticks it up. Yeah, that's interesting. So you, <clears throat> you take a step back, you, you get closer to the coaches as they're teaching the other guys. Does that mean – Maybe one day down the road, when you're done swinging the stick, you uh, you get into coaching. Is that something you want to do, Brian, or do you want to go a different direction? Oh yeah, I told Cliff whenever he's done, I'm 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 taking the job. Oh okay, so you're the next man up when he leaves. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> when he when he's done and happy with what he did, uh, you know, uh, let me slide in there and be the next the next coach there you go we've already got that figured out <laughs> brad uh what's important to you when it comes to uh these advanced stats and everything what are you what are you looking at the closest as far as uh trying to improve your game um i would say probably like my bat speed i guess and my my attack angle i've always had kind of like a really steep attack angle so for people that don't know you know uh <laughs> In detail metrics, that's literally just the tangle of what you the sorry the angle of what you attack the ball. So your bat angle, if it's if it's too steep, then you'll be cutting a lot of balls and allowing ground balls. If it's too up, obviously you're going to be hitting a lot of uh, you're going to be hitting a lot of fly balls and swinging and missing a lot. So finding that happy medium, uh, which is around like zero to eight degrees, um, staying in there, and then having my bat speed over over 70 miles an hour um and i'm i'm completely new to all the metrics um coach g didn't really use it as much when i was there which is completely fine um just because we were so approach oriented and i've learned so much from coach godwin with my approach and little mechanics and then the tigers coordinators have really helped me with metrics and you know how the swing actually works 
So I'd say those. And that's great. You can use, you know, different it's there's more than one way to, to skin a cat or whatever the phrase is. So you can use a lot of different things to perfect it. You always had a sweet swing, Brian. Like when's the last time you changed your swing? Have you been pretty much the same like since Babe Ruth and Conley or have you tweaked with it over the years? Uh I've actually made pretty much my first swing change um of my life for the most part this off season. So I have a I have a leg kick now. That's uh, that's what the Tigers wanted to see out of me. I think um, generating a little more, a little more power, a little more bat speed. Um, it's, it was super uncomfortable at first, but I think <laughs> I've gotten it figured out. You know, I've been able to hit off a few big leaguers here um, in in Charlotte. I actually hit off Mike Wright the other day. Oh, cool. Good. Um, yep, and a few other big leaguers, and just uh, just the feedback, the immediate feedback I get. Um, you know, while I'm swinging and. Um, because obviously I'm facing really good arms, and if I can do it against them, I can do it pretty much anybody. So, and Brian, how about as far as uh, being an outfielder and and playing the defense part of baseball? How, how's that coming along for you? It's really cold out here. Close. I can't <laughs> really get outside. <laughs> I uh, I haven't touched the glove too much this off season, but I I probably had the best defensive season of my uh, my career last year. So I felt really comfortable. Felt really athletic. Um, I don't have to do too much with the glove, you know, because. I feel like outfield, you know, has a lot to do with uh, footwork, and I'm pretty much nailing that in the gym and uh, working on my arm strength a lot this off season. So that's been pretty cool to see my mile per hour, mile per hour go up uh, a whole lot, like substantially. Yeah, doing driveline stuff and stuff like that. We saw you uh, making some diving catches. I remember us posting those out, and some would say, Brian, if you were faster, you could just get under the ball. I wouldn't say that. I would say you made great plays on it, but. <laughs> <laughs> that takes all the coolness out. You can't get on Sports Center too fast, man. That's true. You got to dive. You got to lay out, make that catch. Web Jim, uh, Brian Packard joining us here today on Pirate Radio Live. Uh, who you got in the Super Bowl, Brian? Bengals or Rams? Oh, Joe Burrow, man. Yeah, he's a cool dude. Just oh my god, he's he's so cool. I think everybody wants to be that guy. I, well, I'm not gonna say you're you're Joe Burrow, but you have a like a sneaky. Uh, funny side to you and you don't force things you're 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 joe burrow ish i will say brian is that fair yeah well yeah that's the best compliment i've ever got there clip <laughs> so i appreciate it yeah i appreciate it there you go <laughs> all right so uh getting ready for a new season which uh sounds like it's going to be delayed a little bit but you said what uh Mar- march second week in march you're going to head to florida is that right march 13th yep i think our opening day uh, will not change at all. I think we're slated for April 6th is, uh, is kickoff for us. So I think we'll be good. It just, you know, it's going to be weird being in spring training for just two weeks. It's going to be a very quick turnaround. So we'll see. Got the uh, ECU baseball banquet coming up, Brian. Uh, Clayton McCullough was on with Brian Bailey yesterday. He's a, an awesome interview. He's going to be talking. Connor Norby will also be talking. Norby, uh, I don't know if he's nervous to speak. He said he was just going to go up there and wing it, and then had better uh, better thought that maybe I should write a few things down. So you've uh, you've done some of these before, Brian, and you've always been pretty good with the media anyway. But how, how comfortable are you uh, talking to an audience like that? Not at all, not, especially <laughs> the first few minutes. You got to make a joke, and you're just praying somebody laughs. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm definitely I'm definitely looking forward to hearing Norb's uh, Norb speak because. He's hilarious. He, he he's a funny, you know, good guy, but he can be awkward at times too, just like me. So I'm definitely uh, excited to laugh and cringe at the same time. 
Well, we're all good at different things. We all enjoy different things. He said he'd much rather, I think I used Gavin Williams as an example, much rather be in the box facing Gavin than up there talking. And if you ask me, I want no part of a helmet and bat. I'll just take a mic and, and go with it. So, you know, we all have our different strengths, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'd rather hit probably in front of 100,000 than talk to like <laughs> yeah. 200 people. Especially when you know them. It's a little harder. Yeah, yeah, that's true. When, well, when you got your whole team there laughing at you. <laughs> you know they're going to roast you afterwards uh, while you're up there standing. Oh, so, yeah, Brian, uh, great to catch up with you, man. Good luck this season. We'll uh, we'll keep in touch. Talk to you down the road, but appreciate you joining us uh, for a few minutes today. All righty, thank you guys. I appreciate it. All right, man. There's Bryant Packard. Sounds like he's doing good. Looking forward to some baseball. And now that he mentioned that, I do remember us posting some of his defensive highlights. We had him. We had Burley making catches in the outfield. We know these guys as offensive stalwarts but to make it in the pros you got to play both sides and we saw uh bryant doing that last oh, year oh yeah he was uh uh he covered a lot of ground out there in the outfield and made some awesome plays some uh and, and man he took some hits on the wall too in his career here oh in yeah East carolina yeah um and some big time catches and some big time games too so uh and man i didn't even think about it but he is very joe burrow-esque just laid back laid back he's got a cool demeanor yeah um he's not cocky but he he kind of expresses a little bit of cockiness not even like trying to um so yeah i didn't i never even like thought of it until you mentioned joe burrow and i was like he's kind of like him uh but uh yeah what a great career he had here at east carolina and hopefully he has a good one in the pros as well he hit 406 as a sophomore golly and then really stunk it up hitting 358 the following wow, year that's terrible <laughs> when, yeah. when 358 is a down year you know <laughs> you're an elite hitter uh his sophomore year 14 home runs 50 rbis six stolen bases uh to go with that 406 batting average deceptive speed uh, uh, yeah we, we talked about his speed a little bit there um but the fact that those numbers uh, especially you look at that average number i still think average is a a great stat that i look at i think now people that follow baseball uh talk about how overrated that stat is but to hit 400 in a season is still very damn special yeah. and the fact that connor norby hit even higher than 406 is mind-blowing hitting machines yeah uh but great to catch up with pack let's uh take a break we'll come back we'll wrap up hour number one of pirate radio live here on a tuesday we're back with you after this back to the show for the latest breaking news interesting stories and awesome contests that can make you a winner be sure to follow pirate radio on all our social medias on uh, facebook twitter and instagram at pr 927 fm join the over fifty three thousand followers today at pr 927 fm now let's head back into the show here's your host cliff brock all right Pirate Hoops coming up Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Menchie's Coliseum against Temple. They'll be on the road this weekend, Saturday, against Tulane. We'll have a watch-along coming up here on Saturday. 
presented by tiebreakers so we'll have some giveaways we'll have some goodies and uh have a lot of fun so watch the game with us coming up saturday we'll be on youtube and facebook live as east carolina takes on tulane saturday afternoon I believe that's a two o'clock but i will confirm momentarily chandler will be here cj are you uh you coming or what are you doing um i don't know i was planning on going to see my parents this weekend but i don't know when so now figure right. that out sounds like a no <clears throat> we're gonna extend the invite to Iga. i mean we do every time he's gonna turn us down but like every time should we still extend the invite sure when he joins us later yes two o'clock saturday east carolina at tulane we'll be here in the pirate radio studios rock and jock jerseys i don't know i kind of want to mix it up yeah i might just go in uh, street clothes since brandon suggs in street clothes i might just wear street clothes okay yeah that's a good idea (laughs) and uh with washington becoming the commanders tomorrow let's go commando what (laughs) all right i'm in Hey, nobody will know. Street clothes and commando. Nobody will know a difference. In fact, if you're watching us Saturday, we want all of you out there to go commando as well. Go commando. CJ, you'll be. When you go see your parents, (laughs) be commando. Wow. All right, this is a good uh, activity to do with you guys. Going commando. Going commando. Um, Because we all need a quarterback fair sure yeah um there are some names i see floating around for like next potential washington quarterback but these could go for for any team that needs a qb let's do a a would you rather okay let's start with would you rather draft a rookie or trade or acquire somehow tyler huntley from the ravens to start on your team is it draft a quarterback from your current position? Yeah, when do y'all draft? 20. Okay. I think I'd still want to draft. I'd probably go rookie quarterback. Any who in mind? Um, if not, uh, Pickett or uh, who's the Ole Miss quarterback? Matt Corral. Yeah, if not one of them, uh, Carson Strong from Nevada. Okay. Do you have a favorite quarterback, Chandler? In, in the draft? Yeah. Uh, I guess Pickett. I enjoyed watching him at Pitt. Uh, Malik Willis is a guy to watch out for, too. The Liberty. I don't know what to think about him. I don't know how I feel about I- I've uh, already jumped on the Corral. Corral. <laughs> to me, Corral's golden. What did you sigh at that for? That was pretty good. That was good. It, it could have been better, but that... <laughs> Yeah, I, I just I feel like he has I a, knew that was coming at some point. <laughs> I feel like he has a buffet of tools to use on the show. Uh I like Matt Corral. He's a gamer. I know. I remember you saying that um a few, a So few there's no ago. way we're going to get him cuz last year I wanted Stafford. All right, would you rather have So I guess you guys are out on Huntley. Would you rather have a rookie or Baker Mayfield? Rookie. Ooh. Oh, rookie. Yeah. Wow. That took less thinking. So you guys are out on Baker. Absolutely. Um, I was reading an article, Chandler, and it said potential Washington starters. And for Baker, the headline was change of scenery. You know what that reminded me of? Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. (laughs) Change of scenery doesn't guarantee success, as we have learned. Nope. Man, you guys are way out on Baker, huh? Interesting. 
All right. Would you rather have... I guess it comes down to this. Jimmy G or Derek Carr? Ooh. Mm. Because I've seen both of those names. Yeah, that's not a... I like that one better. I think I'd go... uh, I think I'd go Derek Carr. I, I do too. I, I, I'm going to go Jimmy G okay. because he's been there, and yes, where he, to, to the Super Bowl? Yeah, and to the NFC Championship. Yeah, but I mean, he's failed when he got there. But has Derek Carr ever got there? Don't be asking me questions you know the answer to. I mean, I know the answer. I'm asking you. You're asking me. Has the Raiders been in the Super Bowl with Derek Carr? Hi, I'm Chandler Honeycutt. Yes. Welcome to Sports Trivia. Answer the question. I, I'm no. Sorry. I don't follow. I don't know who's been in the Super I don't know the answer. No. The answer is no. He hasn't? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Jimmy, That's your reasoning? I think Derek Carr is better than Jimmy Garoppolo. You disagree. Matt Stafford hadn't been to the Super Bowl until I like Derek two Carr. Days don't ago. get me wrong. I'll tell you what, I don't know if Washington's ever had a quarterback as handsome as me. If they get one of those two guys, you can kiss that goodbye because <laughs> those are some handsome gentlemen. Carr with the eye shadow, Garoppolo with the natural looks. I don't know if a quarterback that good looking can ever succeed. Tom Brady? Tom Brady's no Jimmy Garoppolo, son. I know. Son, so that is that the, might stupidest. Be the stupidest thing you've ever said. <laughs> Uh, so you like Carr more than Garoppolo? Yes. You like Jimmy G more than Carr? Yes. I'm going experience. Obviously. And looks. <laughs> Obviously. I, I tell you what. Derek Carr, I've said this, seems like a good guy. I like how he uh, seems like a really good motivator, too. Oh, yeah. Now, not to say like the team, his, Jimmy G's teammates have come out in his defense and have talked about how great he is. So. Bryce Williams did, too. That's right. He was the one. I am on the Bryce Williams train. Bryce Williams. Now, Bryce might have been going about this a little different, but facts is the facts. I asked him to take any quarterback in the playoffs, which included Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, yeah. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he took Jimmy G. So, Whatever. He's an interesting guy. <laughs> um, obviously, I could have brought up Rodgers and Wilson, but that's a pipe dream at this point i think these are realistic options i guess Carr would be i saw a line on twitter from a washington fan and said that said i don't want a quarterback better than heineke i want a quarterback better than dak prescott which hey i get it okay let's not try to be two wins higher than last year let's try to win the division go to the playoffs is Carr better? Would you rather have Carr or Prescott? Ooh, um, I think I could go Dak there. Chandler, would you? Who's better, Dak or Jimmy G? Got to be Dak. Dak. Yeah, Dak. I think Dak's better. I thought you were yeah. going to ask me uh, Dak or Derek Carr. No, I. You like Jimmy G more than Carr? No. Yes, I just said Dak's better than Jimmy G. Exactly. So obviously, you think he's better than Carr yeah <laughs> what what why are you so upset i'm not upset would you rather have sam darnold or scotty montgomery <laughs> all right scotty it coaches your team and you get a new quarterback would you take that scotty coaches the offense 
He's a he's the running backs coach for McCaffrey. Oh my god! But you lose you lose Darnold and get a new quarterback. Would you be in for that right now? Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> there it is. Yes, Chandler wants Scotty Montgomery. That's Charlotte. I'd, I'd make Charlotte Motown in a jiffy <laughs> <laughs> to, <laughs> to get Darnold out of there. Would you take uh, <laughs> Scotty if Mason Rudolph wasn't your quarterback? Are y'all really going to give Ooh. Dwayne Haskins a shot? Well. I'd rather give him a shot than Mason, and mm. I don't want to give either one a shot. Yeah. I'd rather find out if T.J. Watt can play offense, too. Ooh, now we're talking. Mm-hmm. Y'all really are missing the days of Randall L. and Hines Ward because you could have put those guys at quarterback Good times. and Keith done Miller something. Miller was the emergency quarterback for like 10 years. Did you know he played lacrosse? I didn't, actually. Oh, really? I think that was his thing they used to say for every game. Uh, Mike brings up a good point, Chandler. Uh, Jimmy G has been to a Super Bowl just like Rex Grossman. So would you rather have Rex Grossman? Let's see. If you're Super Bowls only, would you rather have Trent Dilfer or (laughs) who's a good quarterback that didn't go to a Super Bowl? Phillip Rivers. I mean, before this, it was Matt Stafford. Yeah. Who's the best quarterback that hasn't been to a Super Bowl that's currently playing? That's a good question. Josh Allen? Yeah. 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 Take us to break. We'll think about this as we go to break. I guess Dak would kind of sort of be up there. Lamar Jackson? Ooh, I like Dak more than Lamar. Ooh, that's kind of hot. Yeah, a little bit. Derek Carr. That's a little spicy. I would put Carr below Allen. I would put Carr... Lamar Jackson's tough, man, because in the same game, he looks like the best quarter, top five quarterback and bottom five quarterback. Yep, he's done both. I don't know where to put him. Would I rather have Lamar or Carr? Probably Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson. All right. I love talking about quarterbacks. We'll do that more with Igo coming up later on. But when we return, Jeff Nadeau hoists, uh, he's not hoist the colors. <laughs> Say it. Hoist the colors? The big man on campus. What if Igo was the big man on campus? <laughs> that name just doesn't fit Igo. Skinny man on campus. <laughs> we'll talk to Jeff Nadeau, look at tonight's college basketball action and more when we return after this. your vehicle welcome back to the show from sales to service greenville auto world has all your vehicle needs covered shop all their inventory now at greenvilleautoworld.net if you're also looking for someone to service your vehicle greenville auto world has full service and repair facilities brakes oil changes tires inspections and they can repair any kind of vehicle greenville auto world across from speedway at belks fork bells fork and online at greenvilleautoworld.net thanks to tim sutton and jim rogers greenville auto world now, <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> back to the show. Here's Clip Brock. You all right? Uh, clearly was, not. That was a rough one. CJ Schaefer here, Chandler Honeycutt, Shirley Rhodes, supervising. Uh, Supervise more. <laughs> yeah, I need more. Adult. I was over here trying to 
trying no, to make no, some graphics. No, 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 want to hear that. You come multitask. Don't. Oh, yeah. yeah. CJ's job way tougher than mine, even though I produced the show for like 15 years. Over yeah. There. Wow. What right. do you do now? <laughs> Sit in the chair. Wow. <laughs> CJ. I didn't know. Maybe you need Is to. Is he do- allowed to talk like this? Maybe you need to a you? day off tomorrow after working so hard today. You got a lot going on. Maybe you need a mental health day tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's head out to the Pirate Radio Live line. Talk to the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. Jeff, how you doing today, man? Pretty good. How are you, Cliff? Doing good. Jeff, um, let's continue our discussion from last segment. Uh, would you rather, Jeff, for your NFL team, have Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr at quarterback? I'd rather have Derek Carr at quarterback. Would you rather have Derek Carr or Jalen Hurts at quarterback? I would rather have Jalen Hurts, Clip. <laughs> okay, because we I'm a you know Washington fan. We got a Steelers fan. We got a Panthers fan in here. So we all need upgrades at quarterback. I was going to ask you. You know, is Philly going to get involved in QBs this offseason, or is it kind of a, hey, Jalen, pretty good year this year. Let's see if you get better. You think they're sticking with Hurts next season? Yeah, I do. I do think they're going to stick to Jalen Hurts. Um, yeah, that's been really the talk around here. Now, look, I mean, they've done good over the years with, with developing quarterbacks, but you know, I think at worst you give him another year. I think he played pretty well given the circumstances. They have a lot of needs throughout this team. Um, I think they're quite happy with what they got out of Hurts. No, I don't think they're going to make a move. If this quarterback class is stronger, maybe. Yeah. Um, I, I think unless they can get like an Aaron Rodgers type of player, I, I don't think they're going to make a move for a quarterback. Uh, but again, um, this team seems to surprise every year in the NFL draft, so who the hell knows? <laughs> Do you have a uh, favorite in the draft, Jeff, uh, when it comes to Pickett, Corral, Willis, Sam Howell, Carson Strong? Like, Do you have a favorite out of the group? Uh, you know, I would say, to be honest, I think in the higher end group, I, I still, I do like Corral. Yeah. I think he obviously plays in that system that, you know, kind of works well in the NFL, kind of has that feel of like a, a, of some of these young quarterbacks we've seen, whether it was Baker Mayfield or somebody like that. I'll tell you right now, I, I think a quarterback that, that's going to have some success late is Bailey Zappi, a, a guy <laughs> deep in the draft. I think he could be a good a quarterback he's kind of that system player we'll see but there's not a real great group of quarterbacks in this class i would say corral would be at the top of my list personally that's interesting because we've talked about him a lot uh gambling wise and college do you think i haven't looked jeff is, is zappy gonna get drafted is he gonna be like a invited uh you know walk on to a team uh, what do you think his future is in the nfl well, I mean, he went on to break records. Obviously, um, it was just one year. He's definitely got some some ability and an elite understanding of, of offenses. But you know, he is part of one of those systems that they don't necessarily run in college. I guess some teams do run it. But he's a smart kid. He's got a lot of uh, adeptness at quarterback. There obviously is the fact that he's only six foot one. You know, can he make every throw as as you have to make in the NFL? Um, what's the talent level? I mean, remember he was at Houston Baptist for yeah. a couple of years. He's very accurate, though. I kind of had him in that fourth or fifth round. I definitely think he gets drafted. I'd be blown away if he didn't. Um, I also think uh, his receiver, Jarrah Stearns, is going to be, from what I understand, he's had a great senior bowl week down in in Alabama. So I I think some of those kids at West Kentucky will be drafted, and I think some will make some differences. Jeff Nadeau joining us, talking a little draft. We'll have plenty of time to discuss that more uh, as we get closer to it. But, Jeff, uh, 
let's uh let's update this so I, i'm excited this is the first time i've had a future on a team that's in the super bowl i usually don't even play these but late december i think it was like around week 15 16 whatever i jumped on the rams and uh i know that you've said since the outset of the playoffs they are the best team in the nfl you also said last week you had a, a piece of the Bengals' future i want to say now that's for all just full disclosure i think you had the cowboy so how many futures did you have on teams jeff but you have the last two right yeah i had the cowboys i have the rams 15 to 1 and i have the Bengals 40 to 1 yeah so you're in a pretty good spot here I'm in a great spot. It's a dream scenario as a <laughs> yeah. handicapper. I don't have to. I don't have to bet anything. I'm going to make money either way. Obviously, the Bengals winning would be would be what I really yeah. want. Um, but yeah, now I can just kind of sit back and and put you know more money into like the props market and and, and player things and stuff like that. So if you're in a position like I am, or, or say somebody has the Bengals out there, I have the Rams. You know, what do you recommend me do? I mean, do you take a little bit on the Bengals, like plus four, uh, to try to maybe double it. Do you stick with the Rams? Like, what do you do if you're in my situation? I would, uh, if I were in your situation, I would, uh, I would not touch the ticket. Okay. Keep in mind, if you want to lay the Rams, you got to lay four. You don't have to lay anything. Yeah. You got them in a money line situation at what number? Um, it was. Let me look it up. Plus, yeah, I'll get to that in a moment. Keep in mind, Clip. Currently, the money line on the uh, L.A. Rams is is what one one forty ish. I mean, it, it's you're in a great situation. I mean, the current money, yeah, no, it's it's even higher. It's one ninety. I got uh, yeah, it's uh, well plus seven fifty is what I got. Yeah, so you're, I mean, you're sitting in a terrific spot. Yeah. Um, futures when it comes, like if you have a Bengals ticket, um, it really comes down to, I, I guess, where, where how much do you have on the future? You know, if I were betting a couple hundred dollars. I wouldn't be hedging. You know, if I had, you know, $10,000, maybe I'd consider hedging. Right. No, if I had the Rams, I believe they're going to win the game. Uh, I would be I would be all over keeping that. We'll talk more Super Bowl and uh, get into some props. Big Man has the ability to find some very strange props. I, I still go back to that year that they showed John Bon Jovi in the owner's box and you had that <laughs> you said that when the week uh before the super bowl on this show and sure enough they showed him up there and you cash that one so uh we'll talk game but also some weird props would they do uh coming up as we get closer to super bowl 56 let's uh let's look at college hoops tonight speaking of futures shout out to my man chandler so last year jeff during the acc tournament we're here working at pirate radio during the afternoon it was a rant, it was a Tuesday afternoon. We're like, let's uh, let's take Miami. Let's just take Miami Hurricanes. So we'll have something to do. They won that game. We come back here the next Wednesday afternoon. Hey, let's jump on Miami again. Took them again. They won. We rode them again that Thursday. They lost but covered. So we had three straight fun days with the Hurricanes. So this was like a month ago. Uh, Chandler, yeah, there. Chandler, you'd been winning. You, you had, and I was like, hey, play. Let's let's play a future and and we say hey how about Miami again to win the ACC tournament still a long shot but you got at a great number this was before they beat Duke Carolina and right now they're first place in the ACC now we're just watching to see if they can get a double buy and maybe make it easier yeah. but uh, Jeff just wanted to give a shout out to Chandler with a little foresight there taking the U for a huge number 
Yeah, I, I think it's a great bet. Uh, good for him for doing that. I um, I really like this team as well. I've made some money recently betting on them uh, just in a betting role. They've been really good. Yeah, they're kind of the point of contention when we talk about these stupid, goofy rankings, like net rankings and uh-huh. rankings in general. I mean, they have Miami in the 60s, yet you have uh-huh. Texas 17th. Uh, Miami has one more quad one and quad two win than, than Texas does. It's just weird. But, yeah, I like Miami a lot. They're well coached. Uh, Moore's been terrific. They seem to have a little luck involved, too. Uh, yeah, I like them. I think they have as good a shot as anybody. Uh, they've already beaten Duke once. Um, we'll see if they can do it when it matters most uh, in the uh, in the ACC tournament. Jeff, let's start tonight in the Atlantic 10, and it is a down year for the Bonnie St. Bonaventure. They're on the outside looking in to the NCAA tournament. In fact, I looked up Joe Lenardi, Bracketology. It's not the end-all, be-all, but it is a, a guide to go by. He's got Davidson as his only team, I believe, in the NCAA tournament right now and and would have them in as an automatic qualifier for winning the tournament. Davidson was ranked, but they lost to VCU. So tonight it's Davidson at St. Bonaventure. That's uh, 7 o'clock CBS Sports Network, and the Bonnies are a home favorite. Uh, Is is this just a down year overall in the A-10? Is everybody beating each other? What do you think about the A-10 in general, and then tonight's game, Bonnie's taking on the Wildcats. Yeah, I think it's just a disappointing year, man. I mean, St. Bonaventure, I thought, would be a lot better than they are. They've been kind of inconsistent. You know, Richmond has seemingly just had no luck the last couple of years. You know, VCU's kind of right on the bubble. I think they're, they are they have as good a shot as anybody right now, really. I mean, Davidson's the only lock, but but I think, I think VCU, if they can um, – if they can take care of business here once more against maybe Bonaventure or, or Richmond or something, I think they're going to get into the tournament as an at-large. We'll see. I think Bonaventure ultimately finds their way in because they'll win this tournament. But, yeah, it's been a down year. Dayton's down. Um, you know, uh, teams like that are down. So Richmond, I mean, they're always kind of pesky, I don't, you know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's definitely value in this conference if you can find it. But, uh, yeah, as far as this game's concerned, I, I kind of had – Thought this. I mean, this total opened 140. It was bet down this morning to 135 and a half. I put mm. a little over there. It's up to 136, even 137 in certain spots. Davidson's very efficient. They're one of the top 10 offensive efficiency teams in America. They can shoot better than really anybody. Fourth in the country in three-point percentage. They've got snipers everywhere. This is a St. Bonaventure team clip that is going to give up a lot of three-point attempts. They're uh, 14th worst in the country in three-point-to-field-goal attempts. That's not considerably good when you face a team like Davidson. I think Bonaventure could score as well. One of the issues that McKillop's always had is, while his teams are very efficient, they're not very good defensively. Is the pace there in this game? No. But I kind of had this first to 70 wins. Uh, I think this over looks pretty decent here. Big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, joining us. Looking forward to that one coming up tonight at 7 o'clock. The headliners tonight in college basketball. I'll uh, I'll reel these three off real quick, see if you have any interest, Jeff, and then we'll go into uh, what you like tonight. But Kansas at Iowa State, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Kansas, a, a narrow road favorite there. Auburn, the number one team in the country, takes on Alabama. Can the Tide... They tend to play to the level of their competition. Can they rise up away from home tonight against Auburn? And then you got Chris Beard and the Longhorns taking on his former team. Going to be a lot of energy in Lubbock tonight. Texas Tech is a home favorite against Texas. So those are kind of the three headliners tonight. Anything on on those three games? 
Yeah, I took a little Texas plus four and a half. This is a huge game, uh, obviously off the court, but on the court as well. Texas uh, really needs to continue to win basketball games. This will go a long way in, in kind of assuring that they find their way into the NCAA tournament. Uh, it's teacher against student, Chris Beard and Mark Adams. You know, Mark worked under him when he was in Lubbock. Then he spurned the Lubbock crowd and went to, 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 to Austin. This is going to be a wily atmosphere. This is going to be must-watch television with Beard and that crowd. It's going to be a great game. I think it's low scoring. You have two teams that defend their ass off. Uh, I think Texas, if I had to say, I think they're just a bit better offensively. I think they find a way to get a huge win here. I think the game's close nonetheless. I took the four and a half. Um, as far as games that I'm looking at, I took St. John's tonight, minus two and a half against Marquette. Game just doesn't make a lot of sense. St. John's has been super inconsistent. They're 11 and 8 and 3 and 5 in conference, yet they're a favorite tonight at home against a team that's lost once since Thanksgiving. Providence, uh, they're playing, right? You said Marquette. You were probably thinking of Shaka, but <laughs> yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Providence uh, should be a favorite here, and they're not. Uh, St. John's, I think, wins this game. I think they win it going away. Uh, I also played UNC tonight, minus three and a half against uh, Louisville. That's up to yeah. four now. I didn't understand this number, to be honest. Louisville just isn't very good. Uh, it doesn't matter that they got rid of Coach Mack. Uh, from what I understand, this team is not quite happy with some of the decisions made. And one of their their interim coaches sitting one of their, their guys, Jeff, you probably know the name, but yeah. one of their best players isn't playing for Louisville tonight, too. Yeah, keep in mind, yeah, exactly. Malik Williams, yeah. leading scorer. He's also their leading rebounder. Keep in perspective, Malik Williams is an elite rebounder, 16th in America. There are 5,000 Division One players. He's 16th in defensive rebounding percentage. That's a huge loss. He's also their biggest player. For, against a team that has major heights in Carolina, this is a disgusting uh, sit for, for Louisville. They cannot use this right now. Uh, I think UNC wins going away as well. So it's a play against Louisville. Is it uh, believe, like, what, what's your take on North Carolina? We haven't really talked about them a lot, Jeff. Hubert Davis in year one, uh, 15 and six, seven and three in the ACC. Uh, are they just kind of good? Maybe there for a game or two in the tournament? Is it a team you could see making a run? Like, what, what's your overall take on the Tar Heels this year? Well, you know, I like what they've done recently. They've been a bit better defensively. Um, you know, held a couple opponents under 70 points. They're a great defensive rebounding team, which is a great way to end all, you know, possessions defensively. You know, I, I haven't been real impressed with their defense. I think they've been better lately. I like uh, Caleb Love. He's played at a higher level. His turnover rate's a lot lower. Um, their turnover rate as a whole is, is a lot lower. You look at this year, uh, you know, in you know, in general, 54th in turnover rate. Last year, they were 252nd, so they've made a massive move up offensively, and they've looked a lot better for it. Offensively, they've been more efficient. They've gotten more out of their front court than they did, uh, and they've looked really good. I think they're a team that will be in the tournament. They're another team I don't think is a guarantee. They're, they're kind of one of the last teams in. Yeah. They need to continue <clears throat> to win games, and they need to avoid losing bad uh, games here. I think Carolina's a good play, a good team. I think they're starting to get going at the right time. Uh, follow Jeff on Twitter. I enjoy following him because he talks about the, the you know the non blue bloods. He brings up schools and players' names that I'm unaware of, and we'll end it here, Jeff. I'm kind of putting you on the spot, so if we want to table this for Thursday, we can. But I want to kind of bring this up throughout February and early March. Who is a player that you want to see make the tournament 
so people can watch him play on the big stage uh, that plays at a smaller school. Uh, you tweet about these guys all the time. So I want to does one name come to mind uh, to mention today that plays for a smaller school that uh, you want to see the, in the big dance this year? Yeah, I would go um, – I'll just throw two out there. Hunter Maldonado out at Wyoming. Um, this guy dropped 34 last night against Colorado State. Um, a terrific player. That's a really good basketball team out there for Craig Smith. I really like the kid a lot. Uh, just made some really nasty moves last night. The kick and shoot as well. Uh, I'd love to see them in the tournament. Also a real small one. Kid out of Patterson, New Jersey, Alex Morales. He's at Wagner, uh, Wagner College, who, by the way – Wagner College is killing it this year. They have been terrific in the NEC. Um, he does everything. Turnover rates low. Steal percentage is high. Gets to the line. He rebounds. He's good uh, efficiently offensively. He's 40% from three. Just a five-tool guy. A kid that I think is going to take the Wagner Seahawks out of Staten Island to the uh, NCAA tournament. Finally, something out of Staten Island that we can be proud of, Cliff Brock. Uh, there are some disgusting people from that area. Uh, most notably, Rico Bosco, Sammy Gravano, just some bad people. But ultimately, Alex Morales is one good thing coming out of Wagner College. Go Seahawks. Yeah, I hate that the guys like Rico stained the, the good name of the Wu-Tang Clan and others that came out of Staten Island. Yes. It's a shame. Well said. <laughs> well said. Jeff Nadeau joining us. Big man, great stuff today. We'll reconvene later this week. People can check out the Sit Down Podcast if you're into uh, mafia history. You can download that right now and also follow the big man on twitter at jeff nadu big man enjoyed the chat we'll talk to you again soon before i go everyone that's watching on youtube right now make sure you subscribe to the clip brock and pirate radio youtube channels and also go uh, subscribe to mine the sit down i put out great content on there as well by the way clip make sure you watch texas tech texas tech that's going to be incredible i'm in atmosphere that'll be i was somewhat sold before you sold me on it so yeah i'll uh might even uh be going for the longhorns in that one jeff so uh Appreciate that. Appreciate uh, Western Kentucky last week. That was a fun one to follow. You got it. <laughs> See you, man. All right, big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau, joining us here on a Tuesday. And I uh, wanted to ask him about the the unsung heroes because um, that's what makes the tournament fun. In fact, last week, um, this name popped in my head at Trivia. We were talking about some tournament stuff, but Ali Farukmanesh, is that before your time? Do you remember who he played for? Northern Iowa, when they upset Kansas, Ali Farukmanesh was hitting crazy threes. Okay. But you think about um, Ron Hunter's son, RJ Hunter. Yep. Yeah. uh, They're upset in the tournament. Uh, Who's a random, who's a random tournament darling? Do y'all have one off the top of your head? Steph Curry was before he got famous. Yeah. I just wouldn't call him random anymore. Not anymore, but at the time he was somewhat random. Yeah. When he went on his tear. One of the Wichita State guys, probably. Um uh Landry Shamit was well he was Ron Baker. Ron Baker. Yeah. Maybe Van Vliet. Sam Decker on that uh Wisconsin team. Did you know he went to LeBron James basketball camp? I feel like they said that like every commercial break. Yeah. <laughs> he was good. Uh, he was really good. Uh, that's what it's all about, man. I can't wait for the tournament. Yeah, I know. I'm ready to hear Especially that, like the theme music. Back in um, different arenas and not all in one spot or with no fans. Yeah. Yep. Can't uh, wait to find out where TV is on my TV again. Oh, God. Are we going to do that again, y'all? It's 2022. Just Google True TV. You can find it. It's not hard. 
CJ, you're not a 72-year-old woman. Am I not allowed to just complain to complain? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, let's take a break. We got uh, we got big news out of the NFL. Adam oh, Schefter. Hold on. Let's save it because I don't have anything for next segment. Okay. <laughs> I need a bridge segment to get to Iga. Well, we're about to get mad at, at Adam Schefter. Oh, God. All right, we got huge news. I saw some NFL news, too. So we'll get to our news from the Breaking News Boys. And I uh, have more for you here on Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio for 18 years. Now let's head back into the show. Here's your host, Clip Brock. All right. Wild day in the world of sports. Some crazy stories coming out. Um... Steven Igo is our bridge segment to get to Steven Igo. Steven, welcome to the show. I am the bridge segment. You are the bridge. I just like coming in here talking about non-ECU things, honestly, because it's a break from my real job. We've so. been doing a lot of NFL quarterback talk today. We'll bring you in those discussions. Uh, I want to get your take on it. But first, uh, let's go to the breaking news, boys. Uh, Chandler, you said you had a story. What about a story? What about a story? What's your story? Morning uh, Glory. From Adam Whose Sh- album was that? Hoobastank. No. Dang it. What's the story, Morning Glory? I think that's what it was called. Nobody? Shirley? I have no she idea. She says Wallflowers. Nah. I'm thinking Oasis. Oh. Uh, okay, go ahead, Chandler. From Adam Schefter, former Miami head coach Brian Flores is suing the NFL, the Giants, the Dolphins, and the Broncos for alleged racism in hiring, and he includes text from Patriots head coach Bill Belichick in the suit as evidence. Lawsuit filed in Manhattan federal court seeking unspecified damages from the NFL. So that coming out of the NFL just moments ago. Okay, so a lot to unpack here. The first thing I saw was he was suing the NFL and the Giants um because of racism in the hiring process and the reason he was doing that is because allegedly and you can see these on social media there are texts from bill belichick to brian flores congratulating him on the giants job so awkward now bill belichick allegedly if these texts are to believe to be true it was a it was a wrong person, a wrong number text. It was the wrong Brian. He was sending that he thought he was sending it to Brian Dayball saying congrats on landing the Giants job. And Brian Flores, if these texts are true, is saying, What are you talking about? Giants? And uh like interviews tomorrow. He said he had <laughs> he said he had an interview coming up. And Belichick said, I hear that you are the guy. Hope it works out for you if you want it. And Flores is still talking to Belichick like Belichick thinks he's talking to Flores and is like, thanks, I think I have a shot at it. Um, And then there is a text that says, Coach, are you talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dayball? Just making sure. 
And, and then, oh. if this is believed to be true, Belichick says, sorry, I bleeped this up. Oh. I double-checked and I misread the text. I think they were naming Dayball. I'm sorry about that. Thanks, BB. Thanks, Bill. And his last text <laughs> thanks, is, thanks, Bill. <laughs> so, I guess what Flores is saying is they already had their guy in Dayball, and then they're bringing him in just to appease the Rooney rule. I think that is why... Yeah, that's basically what it that's is. That's what he's saying. Now, where do the Broncos and Dolphins and everybody else come in to play? I'm not well, sure. Uh, the Dolphins, I can tell you. Um, supposedly, uh, Steve Ross, who is the owner of uh, the Dolphins, supposedly told... This can't be real. It's in the, uh, the uh, Flores. In the lawsuit. Yes, it's written in the lawsuit that supposedly he told Flores that in 2019 he'd pay him a hundred thousand dollars for every loss every loss for every loss so that they could improve their draft position he if this is true oh i feel like i am an attorney now i have to say like alleged and if this is true right he is paying a coach bonuses to tank to get a better pick exactly if this is true exactly so and which kind of almost validated my theory because I thought they were tanking and I was trying to figure out why. And this is getting kind of interesting. So now, according to Flores, um, he started to win a few games and the owner basically got ticked and uh, he basically got, I, I, for lack of a better term, uh you know, he the owner basically turned his back on him. Now, well, there, like- there is another part to this story, and it has to do with they named it in the lawsuit as a prominent quarterback. Well, who was the one that was rumored to supposedly be coming to Miami? Deshaun Watson. Exactly. Well, according to Flores's lawsuit, um, Ross wanted to wanted Flores to uh, bring in Deshaun Watson in violation of the league's tampering rules, and Flores refused, and then in 2020, uh, Ross invited Flores to a lunch on his yacht or on a yacht. I don't, I don't think it's his yacht, but a yacht. And while they were there, conveniently, he told him a few minutes after he arrived that this prominent quarterback was conveniently in the marina, would be stopping by for lunch. And Flores was like, "See ya, I'm bouncing." He refused to meet with this said prominent quarterback and left. And that pretty much uh, put Flores on the bleep list of this Steve is, Ross. Th- this is this crazy. Thing is now, crazy. if this is all true, yeah. If this somehow is is you know substantiated by whatever evidence Flores has, holy cow, the Dolphins are in trouble. Well, if it, it sounds like Flores has sour grapes, and maybe for good reason, which is why he is dropping all this stuff out there to everyone. Well, my thing is like. All this, if it's true, is bad. But like, what does that have to do with the alleged racism in the hiring process? Outside well, the, of maybe well, doing he, the Rooney Rule, his, the Giants right, were well, bringing them in. Yeah, but at the same time, you know that those types of deals are done regardless of what color the well, coach is. I that, mean, maybe you're right. The Broncos if, hired uh, Vance Joseph. He was going to be the guy, and mm-hmm. they brought in other people to interview him. So, because well, if there's a rule in place, again, he's got sour grapes. He's yeah, trying I mean, to take down everyone. So clearly, I, I still want to know what the Broncos. Yeah, I don't understand is. where the Broncos come in. Well, I do this. know that uh, part of the lawsuit w- included pictures of the owners and the coaches, and said 
look at this you know and i guess to help substantiate his claim that there is racism in the nfl that there are no african-american owners and there's only one out of the 32 coaches that is african-american so he's just burning the whole thing down here um I'm, I, definitely I mean, this think is this is basically career suicide at this point. I think it is ridiculous, though, for a coach of his success to not have landed. I think it's a crazy head job, but unless he just has a personality that is completely abrasive, which some of this stuff, you know, maybe he's just he's reached a breaking point where he's just like, I don't care anymore. We'll just yeah, go all he's going to get blackballed from the NFL. But the Dolphins, if if Ross really did all this stuff. Like, yeah, I mean that's, that's a whole nother. That's even bigger. I he's think he's opened up all these cans of worms, you know, even with the the racism allegations. In addition to that, but a owner uh, paying a coach to lose, like yeah, that's a yeah, that's, that's a huge. Deal. That's what we need on Daniel Snyder stuff like that. Um, JP Finley, who covers Washington, says, "Guess what? Won't be the biggest story in the NFL tomorrow? A new name in Washington." I mean. The NFL is king and always is going to be king because on the uh, Pro Bowl week where we have no games, no Super Bowl, we just are going to talk about it nonstop. We've talked about the NFL this entire show, and it's been about crappy quarterbacks that we hope to get. And now all this crap is coming out. Holy moly. So um, I'm fascinated to see what's next here. And this, uh, I mean, I don't even know what you can say. This Dolphins guy, first of all, well, this I, is guy. That guy's a train wreck. What he? It, correct me if I'm wrong. He's the same guy that said that he was not going to take Jim Harbaugh. Take away. Jim to Harbaugh. He didn't away. want to be the one to take Jim Harbaugh away uh, and, Michigan. and ruin Michigan football. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how idiotic is that? Man, this stinks though, because now Snyder's not going to be looked at as the worst owner, which I hate. This guy needs to get his because, act together fast. Yeah, because that means Snyder will get to stay longer, maybe, and that just drives Clip nuts. Maybe Snyder will buy the Broncos. Aren't they for sale? All right, stay away, please. They were officially put on sale today. Oh, man. This is uh, this is wild. So all this is coming out uh, as we speak right now. All right, well, there's our bridge segment. When we return, we'll get to Steve and I go hoist the colors. I have nothing to say. <laughs> uh, we will talk eventually some pirate athletics but want to continue the nfl discussion with Igo. and if you'd like to chime in you can do so uh who do you think the next quarterback is in tampa bay asked richard we'll talk about that and more when we return on pirate radio live here on a tuesday after this Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. From sales to service, Greenville Auto World has all of your vehicle needs covered. You can shop all of their inventory now at greenvilleautoworld.net. If you're also looking for someone to service your vehicle, they have a full service and repair facility. They do brakes, oil changes, tires, inspections, and repair any kind of vehicle. Greenville Auto World, across from Speedway at Bells Fork and online at greenvilleautoworld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton and Jim Rogers for their sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Rock. All right, wrapping up hour number two of Pirate Radio Live here. 
Coming up later on, we'll get a uh, Temple scouting report. We've already seen them once this season. But we'll talk to Ryan Wallen from Owls uh, Daily 24-7 Sports, the Igo of Temple. What are you chuckling at? I figured out the reason Flores is, is suing the Broncos. All right, so if you're just tuning in, there's a lot going on in the NFL right now. Why is Brian Flores suing the Broncos along with the Dolphins, NFL, and Giants? This was written in the lawsuit, quote, Incredibly, this was not Mr. Flores' first sham interview that was held only in an effort to comply with the Rooney Rule. Indeed, in 2019, Mr. Flores was scheduled to interview with the Denver Broncos. However, the Broncos' then-general manager, John Elway, President and CEO Joe Ellis and others showed up an hour late to the interview. They look completely disheveled, I guess disinterested. Disheveled. I don't know. Yeah, disheveled. And it was obvious they had been drinking heavily the night before. (laughs) It was clear from the substance of the interview that Mr. Flores was interviewed only because of the Rooney Rule and that the Broncos never had any intention to consider him a legitimate candidate for the job. Vic Fangio, a white man, was hired to be the head coach of the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, that could be circumstantial evidence there i don't know but the bottom line is brian flores is pissed he's off there everybody and he is trying to take down every everyone and everything my only disappointment in this whole thing is dan snyder washington is not anywhere involved we gotta have brian flores go after washington please um so yeah if you're just tuning in the allegations here I'm most interested in this Dolphins thing and if Stephen Ross, the owner, actually offered his head coach bonuses to lose games to get a better pick. Um, That would be nuts if that were the case. Also, if Brian Flores had all this on the Dolphins, you would think that they would have just kept him around so he'd keep his mouth shut. Like I, I'm fascinated by this. You compared it during the break to Succession, where I don't know if there's any like good guys in here. Right. Everybody's mad. Uh, everybody's going after everyone, and it's crazy that one reason this is out is because of Bill Belichick accidentally texting Flores, thinking he was talking to Brian Dayball, allegedly. Which a there's too many Brian's in the world. Clearly. Let's have some different names. Throw in a Chandler or a Clip in the mix. Uh, Steven, kind of a common name. And I'm also concerned, what if I thought I was texting Steven Igo, but I was really texting Steven Ross? <laughs> that could, that could easily happen, In yeah. the middle of all this I mean, stuff. that's when you have to trust your iPhone and the initials at the top. You should know <laughs> that BF is different from BD. True. Brian Dayball, Brian Flores. Very different. So, holy moly, all that's going on right now. Steven, um, before we get too far into this, I would like to extend an offer to you to be a part of the Pirate Radio Watch Along coming up this Saturday, 2 o'clock ECU. You've already extended the offer, but I appreciate the re-offer. When did I extend the offer? A while Uh, back? Last week. Okay. Or the week before. Clearly, you didn't say yes, or I wouldn't have to extend the offer again, so chandler's over there uh showing how much he would like for you to be a part of this well the person or the child we should ask is slater igo si yes slater igo uh so this saturday (laughs) i I haven't even made up a answer yet here we go 
Uh, we are getting made up yep. an answer. That's no, an no. interesting way to put it, Stephen. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, guys, I'm suing. Saturday you. at 11 a.m. We are having family pictures being uh, done, mm-hmm. and so I know how much how big of a deal that is. That is a big deal for the wife, and it's been postponed twice. Oh, this is the one with like Scott, like the whole Scott family. grandma's coming. Oh my um, goodness! So then we're getting together for lunch afterward at my parents' house. All right, it depends on how long lunch takes at my parents how long does the lunch take i'm spending time with my grandmother who's coming to town if i can get away at 1 then i will come for the watch along you can bring grandma grandma i go would not approve of the language weaver has using. brought um memes yeah Mimi. During football season, she would sit in here. He just kind of puts her in the corner. Like two and a half. (laughs) Yeah, literally two and a half hours of a post-game show. She sits in the corner. We can do the same thing with your grandma. Nobody puts Mimi in the corner. My grandma does not want to do that. I'm just going to tell you. All right. Well, I go, we hope that your lunch will go well. We're getting takeout. So hopefully takeout's on time. No delays. The pictures go smooth. And you don't have to show up right on time. I mean, yeah, I might show up halfway through. Let's yeah. say even if I go wanted to come, which he doesn't, there's I actually n- do want to come. There's no way all that's going to happen in that amount of time. I have an idea, Clip. Troy D, what's your idea? An automatic seat on the sug boat if he showed up. Wow. <gasps> no sug, way. Sug. No way. A, a, a that's not going to happen. B, Igo doesn't want to be on the sug boat. Make him say it on record. I've never said I don't want to be on the sug boat. I just I I don't deserve to be on the sug boat. I'm pretty sure you've said you don't want to be on the sug I probably have. Yeah. Just to Why get in your crawl. I, I mean, mean you're that, right. If that was an offer on the table, I mean that's the one you can't turn down. Yeah, but you just said you have to do all this stuff with your family. Family, family, family. family. We're getting family photos. <laughs> I'm here with my family. Are you going to be uh, dancing around Grandma like Brian Kelly? Yep. We're going to have the pirouette camera going around. Uh, I mean, is there anything I could do to sweeten the deal to make you get away from Grandma? What, uh, any food? Tiebreakers. Okay, so I can have that for dessert. <laughs> but so, I mean, I'll need a refresh. Let's say I eat lunch at 12. We're talking like 2, 3 yeah, o'clock. I can eat tiebreakers and a snack. The, the offer is sweet. The offer is... It's actually hard to turn down. It's a great offer. To be quite honest, I want to watch the game with you guys. That way I don't have to be at the house with the baby. But... I mean, why would I not want to be here? I wonder wow. what Slater would have to say about that. <laughs> That's harsh. Slater, we tried to watch a game the other night, and he just fell asleep. And, he said, down uh, well, bed. was he watching ECU? Yes. Okay, well, that makes sense. I can understand that. The Memphis uh, game was pretty tough to watch. The offer's out there... I feel like it's a good offer. I kind of feel like you do want to be a part of it, but if you got to do all that, I'm thinking you're going to be a no-go for Saturday. We'll see. You know, I'm on my official visit right now, and I got to go back and talk it over with my family before I come to a final. Family. Family. What we're we're going to do is we're going to bring you in for an interview on Friday, but we're already going to have a a, uh, guest. Yeah, we got a much bigger name showing up. Uh, Redbeard says he isn't going to make it. Yeah. Redbeard's not going to make it? No, you aren't going to make it. If Redbeard comes, I'll be here. Uh, Tom Brady retired today. I mean, that's old news, though. It is. It is old news. 
uh i want to talk to you about that you're probably not the best person to talk about it because i you're kind of biased but i want to get your take on my take that the hate on adam schefter is weird to me it's stupid yeah okay we'll talk about that after the break let's take a time out we'll come back hour three of pirate radio live will make you a winner and have a lot more why is jeep wade on my photo feed green wave man tulane's still in every former ecu employee Scotty Montgomery's going to show up there soon. <laughs> Where's Troy at? <laughs> uh, Troy at the beach. It's Troy at the beach. Gene Wade was, uh, you can attest to this, Igo. He was the man. He still is the man. He's still alive. Very good point. Has still he lost his voice? Because I feel like it was going yeah. out when he was here at EC. He's doing all sign language coaching now. Yeah. Uh, we will talk the former play-by-play voice of the Tulane Green Wave, Todd Graffinini, coming up on Friday. He'll join us live from Denver. We'll get his take on uh, the Joker. Uh, so looking forward to talking to Graf coming up on Friday. We'll take a timeout, come back, have more for you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. At Angel Oak, they continue to make customer service a number one priority. A local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success. The combination of their local team's experience and their wide offerings of products from standard conventional government and portfolio loans has something for every financial situation for more information call talbot green joanne weir or wanda hager at 751-2060 now let's head back into prl here is your host clip rock thank you shirley rhodes cj schaefer chandler honeycutt Stephen Igo here on a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Got Ryan Wallen coming up later on to talk some Temple hoops as they'll be in Menjis. That was a fun one last time Temple and East Carolina got together. Fun until the end when Damian Dunn hit an absolute dagger at the horn, giving Temple the win. Uh, excuse me. Stephen Igo Hoist the Colors has an article up that I have not read uh what was it five things ecu can do to right the ship this basketball season five things yeah. ECU can do to get back on track there was like 10 things that came to mind but i wrote about five okay this is uh for the poor folks non-vip <laughs> listen man we cater to all audiences <laughs> whether you want to pay for the the vip info or just read some solid free content and deal with the ads is up to you by the way, you're one of the bad guys. You you're one of the shefters, reporting things before That's they right, yeah. are announced. Uh, real quick, um, I'll reiterate my stance on it. If you are upset with what Adam Schefter did, then you're ba- are you upset with him breaking news about free agency, coaching hires, coaching Everything firings, trades? Like, if you think his job shouldn't be a thing, then okay. You, you just don't like anything that he reports. But he reports all these things before the team announces them. That's what he does. I just don't understand why people were so upset that he announced Tom Brady was retiring before Tom Brady could announce that he was retiring. I don't understand the, the hatred. 
yeah, I don't I don't get it. That's his job. That's why ESPN pays him however much they pay him to be the first to break that that news. Same thing Ian Rappaport does. If he would have had the news first, he would have broke it. I mean, we like it come free agency, yeah. right? When we want to know immediately what's going to happen instead of having to wait four days for the teams to just to announce here's who we got. Yeah, I mean that's that's his job. So like, why would he not do his job to the best of his ability? Um, and I mean, he would not have reported that story, knowing Adam Schefter's reputation, if he wasn't one hundred and ten percent sure that Tom Brady was retiring. I mean, you don't put that's basically, you, you know, it's like Michael Jordan retiring. You don't put that information out there unless you are one hundred and ten percent certain. And so, I, as a reporter, I don't have a problem with it. It's his right and it's his job. I mean, so I don't see what the big upheaval is about it at all. All right. Anyway, moving on from that. If you disagree, uh, you can chime in Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, whatever. Um, all right. Let's talk Pirate Hoops real quick. I'm reading over your list of things. That's probably not going to happen. That could happen. That could happen. That may or may not happen. That's definitely not going to happen. So, like three, <laughs> number five for sure. Three out of your five things aren't going to happen. Well, number one is I think is more likely to happen than number two. Number because one, ECU hit, shot the ball pretty well earlier in the year. Number one, break the shooting slump. Number two, create more dribble drive penetration. You either drive, you're either a driver or a shooter or a passenger or a passenger. And ECU has a lot of passengers and a lot of shooters. Not many drivers. Well, I asked Joe Dooley yesterday why the uptick on turnovers for Tristan Newton. He said it could be a number of things. You know, first of all, poor decisions on his part, Tristan Newton's part. Um, Playing better teams defensively. Playing a team for a second time, too, could be a a factor for it. But whatever it is, uh, we have not seen this level of turnovers really ever for Tristan Newton, have we? I th- no, no, not at all. I mean, he's turned it over. I think six, yeah, six last six game. and four or five the last three games. Mm-hmm. Now, I think I think part of that is he has to do something because nobody else is doing anything. Like there's no nobody's getting into the paint. It's just I've never seen a team throw the ball around the perimeter and pump fake as much as ECU has over the stretch. Just like guys at times are afraid to shoot. Guys are afraid to dribble. The only two guys that consistently try and dribble drive are R.J. Felton and Tristan Newton. True. They got to get Tremont back going downhill. I mean, there are times in the past where he's looked great off the dribble. And then other games, he just doesn't, for whatever reason, feel comfortable doing it. But the problem is, outside of those three guys, J.J. is not a dribbler. I mean, he just he just doesn't have a great handle. Um you know, Suggs could do it somewhat. He's out, but he still was not a great dribble drive guy. He's more of uh if he's dribbling, he's looking to finish yeah. rather than kick it out. Vance Vance is a shooter for the most part, even though he's been trying to do some more lately. I want to talk about Javon Small. He is a, a head faking machine. I saw him into the Memphis game. Pirates are down fifteen. The about minute or two left on the clock. Somebody kicks it out to him. He immediately catches the ball, shoots a three with confidence, buries it. It's because at that point of the game, I think it's pretty much over, yeah. and he can do it just on instinct, playing the playing like the good basketball player that he is. I feel like at times he is. He's probably still nervous. I guess <laughs> he's, he's a, a freshman. freshman, but I think he's one of these guys 
that could do this if he just plays with confidence and plays like he probably played in high school where he knew he was the man you know i think he is a guy that i think we saw it the first game he really played i can't remember if it was temple or well the game Suggs was really bad and he played a lot yeah. against cincinnati in the second i think half. it was at cincinnati where he got some dribble drive penetration going and had a few assists and they just need somebody to create off the bounce. I mean, because they they actually are shooting the ball pretty well this year. I know that sounds stupid to say based off the past three games, but if you look at their shooting percentages going into that stretch, they were near the top of the conference. They've missed too many open threes over the last couple games, but I still feel like the majority of the problems have been from they just haven't been able to create enough space or flow offensively because it's just pass the ball around the perimeter or drive in with the shot clock going down, throw up a prayer, hope to get fouled. Like, Tristan Newton getting to the line has been about their only offense at times. Unless Vance is hitting a three or they're doing something, they've got very little production from Frank and Brandon Johnson on a consistent basis. Although I do think the upcoming matchups will favor those guys more than the last few games. Yeah, we got Temple Wednesday night. Remember the first half against Temple when East Carolina looked like the best team we'd ever seen for ECU? I mean, they looked like the far superior team to Temple that day and were playing with confidence they were getting in transition scoring everything just looked so fluid uh, we got to recreate that i mean i guess you could say they looked that way against ucf in the first half here at home but temple specifically the opponent wednesday night they have shown for 20 minutes that they were a lot better than temple then we saw it all slip away damian dunn takes over it's you know whatever history is is written but they have uh, they've shown that they can play well against this Temple team. You just hope they can uh, bring that back on Wednesday night. And they have historically played well against Temple at home. They've never won up in Philly, but this is a you know this is a stretch of games where again no games in the American are easy, but they're winnable in terms of you have Temple at home at Tulane at Tulsa. So you've got three games in a row where you have a chance to win. The problem is two of them are on the road. Temple's playing well, uh, but at some point you got to get you got to get a road win or two to make up for some of these home losses. You're now down two games at home in conference. If you want to start making some hay in the conference standings, which I think is the the fairest way to evaluate the trajectory of the program, you got to win some road games. Uh, yesterday we played guess the line. I said Temple two and a half. Chandler, you were at what three, four, four? Did you guess CJ three? What, what do is, you got? What's uh, he put up Temple's schedule through the last couple games? Yep. I nailed that Memphis line, by the way. We gave you credit for it. We are credit givers around here. Uh, Temple lost by eight to SMU. They beat Cincinnati by three at home. Um, and, oh, they were off for a little while. Before that, they beat Tulsa by five, and then it dates back to ECU's three-point loss. So a five-point win on the road at Tulsa, two postponements, a three-point win against Cincinnati, and then a eight-point loss on the road to what appears to be a really good SMU team. Go Temple minus one. Okay, so we're all on that. We're all saying Temple's window. a favorite, but very by, slim. It's going to be basically. I wouldn't be a shocked favorite. if it was a close to a pick them, but I think it will be Temple by a little bit. I like the Pirates uh, to win on Wednesday night break this losing streak when do we play smu uh in a couple weeks they only play ec plays smu at home and that's it okay well, we'll and that will also be a uh, w do we play wichita state this year 
at Wichita State in the finale. Remember the first game got postponed. This is kind of good for us, Stephen, because our upset prediction was Wichita State. And now I'm not making another upset prediction. That was my one right, for the man. year. That would have happened, but it's not going to be played. So I'm going to – that didn't count as a W, but – and basically it's not a loss yeah i mean it's basically a w yeah if you're not losing you're winning so we're carrying that over into 2023 way to go or 2022 what year is it it's 22 (laughs) technically 2022 23 like because that's that's what i mean yeah 23 22 23 remember it's a season i know and we play conference games in 23 there's there's always a game and then my upset's gonna be in 2023 well this year's upset was actually gonna be in 2021 december you remember <laughs> so technically we haven't picked an upset for 22 yet that's my upset for this season it didn't happen although steven if we play wichita state in the tournament which the way these teams are i don't think is physically both, possible both finishing at the bottom right now you know what is it time is it time to look ahead to the tournament and see <laughs> who ecu would play yes it's february right there's only nine conference games left at least i mean it's never too early I printed off my tickets for my dad today, my dad's tickets. There's only four home games left. Is that right? That is correct. Man, time is dwindling. Because they lost the Wichita game that they should have won. <laughs> that we're counting as a W. Even though I wish it was Wichita State's issues so we could count it as a forfeit win. But unfortunately, it was ECU's issues, right? Uh, do you know the format? I go, who gets buys and all that stuff? Do you know that or do I have to look it up? um i have no idea man 2022 aac basketball tournament let's see if they give me a i hate when it pops up acc how annoying is that at least it doesn't go it used to go um come on aresco when you do aac standings it goes did you mean acc standings like what a big slap in the face that is i know it sucks all right so okay here's what we need i got the info so east carolina so who gets buys? The first only number one and four seed, right? Ah, uh, this is weird. No, the first five seeds. Looks like. Yep, because number four and number five play each Jeez other. Louise, Dang. so ECU still has a shot at a first round bye. <laughs> no, they don't. There are only two or three teams. <laughs> if they beat Temple tomorrow night, the Pirates still have a shot at a first round bye. This is a huge game all of a sudden. And it's huge for my Miami Hurricanes too. If that's the case in the ACC. In the <laughs> ACC. Did you mean AAC standing <laughs> Do you think we're Google? Because <laughs> you've been saying like you better hope that Miami gets into the... I know, but they do it different. This is just a different conference. I mean... Like. This game on Wednesday. Focus, man. We're talking about. I a- thought you meant ACC, not AAC. <laughs> this is ECU trying to get a first round bye, dude. I'm telling you right now, this, this is huge. This game Wednesday, this stretch of games, ECU could vault themselves into a first round bye territory. <laughs> okay, look at the no, look at the standings, man. Two I am six. The teams in front of them have all beaten East Carolina, except for Tulane. Let's say you get a win tomorrow and Temple. You beat Temple. You beat Tulane. All of a sudden, you're creeping up. Then you have Tulsa. Four and six. Basically, right now, Temple's four and three. They have the fifth seed. Tulane is so if they could six and three. Win the next two, that would get them closer, bump Temple down. And then you go to Tulsa. You still got South Florida twice. 
all right <laughs> folks we're looking at a potential first round by but right now where we sit right now east carolina is two four six eight in the standings eight nine baby that would put us in the eight nine game uh against wichita Wich- state <laughs> which is exactly what i was saying if we played them in the tournament my upset prediction will carry over to that game i'm not counting the one on the road but I'll say neutral site, we could beat the Shockers. You know, the, the one team that I would not want to see in the first round of the AC tournament is Wichita oh, State. Oh, give me a break. Yeah, they're stacked. They have, they, have no stacked? Bu- they have no business being where they are, man. They got Dexter, Dennis, ETN, and uh, the big guy. I don't know how they're as bad as they are. It's a joke. But they're going to turn it on in the conference tournament, I guarantee you. They had the player of the year and two upperclassmen okay. who are studs. Well, we got to get that by then. Exactly. Uh, if East Carolina were to win that game, they would play Houston. All right, we got to get out of the 8-9 game yes. at all costs. Wichita State is going to win some games. I mean, they're not going to go 1-5. We got to get to 7 or 10. You know, ECU is going to Which 7 and 10 then play each other. So, And then you have a winnable game against we, SMU. A winnable game. SMU, the most disrespected team in the country. Not in the tournament. What if you get a site? What if you? Here's the crazy theory. What if you get a a W in the seven ten game and then face Tulane the second seed? Mm, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. Then you face SMU the third seed, and then you take on Houston in the championship game. So East Carolina, (laughs) East Carolina. This is so weird to me, though. So if East Carolina would would get the five seed, they wouldn't play until Thursday. Instead, in, they wouldn't play Tuesday or Wednesday. They would play Thursday, right? According to Wikipedia, which is always correct. That's true. We're, we're basing this off that. So, uh, yeah. It is, something doesn't seem right. I guess I guess if you win Thursday, you only would need to win three games in a row if you get a first-round bye to make the tournament. Yeah. So the Pirates are potentially three wins away <laughs> from March Madness. Everybody following? Chandler is giving up on this segment. Nobody else is paying attention. I love looking at stuff like this. I love brackets, man. man you know what I mean? Last year, we were like, I was messaging the AAC director of communications trying to figure out, hey, if ECU wins the final two, can they get into the 7 oh, 10 game? Oh, yeah, I remember that. And then they just lost both games and then lost in the tournament because they couldn't hit a shot. Uh, Ken Palm says the Pirates win 68 67 Wednesday night. Can we Thank not you, have Johnny. another one point game? Like, can we just have a. Oh, yeah. Like a comfortable five-point ECU victory. Johnny is asking, what has kept Reyes off the court, especially with injuries to Suggs and JJ? My guess is, and I don't, I haven't talked to Dooley about this or any of the coaches, but you know he can shoot it watching the pregame warm-ups, so I would assume physicality and defense and just understanding those aspects of the game right now because the American is a big boy league. You look at the young guys who are playing for ECU, they're all pretty well built. Um whereas Reyes probably needs to add some strength. But he was always recruited as a shooter. And also, you know, with Vance kind of fulfilling that role, you know, with Vance playing, I don't know if you can have two guys like that on the court at the same time. This pisses me off even more now that I know there's five teams that get a seed. You win up in Temple, you knock off UCF, you're right there at it. Yeah. ECU could be looking at God in that large bid. 
Uh, Mike says, I don't think any of this happens for ECU basketball if Igo doesn't come to the watch along. I mean, the, that's true. One thing leads to another. Lead to another. You know, we have had a lot of success with ECU basketball at Tulane watch alongs. And by a lot of success, I remember one time that it worked. TV in the corner, mm-hmm. ECU knocked off one of the Florida schools. Zach Maskovich was here. Is that what you're talking about? I just remember Tulane. It was against Tulane. Oh, Tulane? Yeah, because oh, okay. Tyree Jackson broke his Pig. shooting uh, spell. Football question. Do we have a spring practice start date? Do we have a spring game date, Stephen? Uh, not officially released, so I, I don't know the dates on that. Wait, I, is this like a Brady situation where you have the I, I would assume that tentatively that the football staff has drawn up their their entire winter spring or is working on it, but they have not finalized it yet for publishing. Okay. Since you're not going to be here Saturday, can you hang around one more segment? Yeah, I don't have anything to do. All right, one more segment with Iga. We'll talk more uh, NFL unless you have more ECU questions. Or we could go down the entire bracket again. That was fun. Uh, and we need to make somebody a winner. You want to do that now, Shirley? Or next segment? Let's do it now. Booty bag. Open it up. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. 317-1250. What are we giving away today? Uh, What did we give away yesterday? Shrimp taco Shrimp lunch? Shrimp taco. Let's do lunch for two at tiebreakers. All right. We'll be eating some tiebreakers on Saturday. Sounds good. You can be a winner. What caller? Nine. Caller nine sounds fine. 317-1250. More to go on Pirate Radio Live after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Quality Equipment is your full-service John Deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you. Quality Equipment is open in Winterville, uh, right next to Sam's Club, or you can visit online at qualityequip.com to find the location near you. And congratulations to Chip Wall of Farmville. Picked up uh, lunch for two at Tiebreakers. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. And it's the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town, along with uh, sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah. Chicken cheese steak in a wrap or a regular cheese steak in a wrap. Kind of a hidden treasure on the tiebreakers menu. Okay. Go for that. With the tots. I love tots. I love places that offer tater tots. I like them once in a while. Hmm. Nobody on board with that take. I, I don't like them all the time, but I will eat them every once in a while. Got right. a little cheese on them. You, yeah. You a tots guy? Depends on where they're from. I like fries more than tots, but Man. I'll do tots. I don't I, I don't dislike tots. Okay. Fair enough. Just saw this from Eric Ward, ECU. He said, I told Coach O earlier he should throw out the first pitch at a baseball game this season. And he said and Coach O said nobody would want to see that. Are you kidding me? Who said that? Coach O said nobody would want to Everybody see it. Everybody would want to see that. I know. 
come on coach o throw out a first pitch and look at this jersey he's wearing steven i've never seen that ecu baseball jersey that is a weird it's a little much so on the swoosh pirates in cursive the s has like a swoosh coming off underlining pirates then it does a hook back around it is that's wild let's the, bring those back the ec on the hat is fresh legendary yeah just a very classic ec look all right um steven i'm gonna go through this again with you starting from the bottom now we're here denver needs uh well denver has does bridgewater locked up uh no he's he's got another year left on his deal but it's basically i think they can get out of it without paying anything so future washington commanders quarterback teddy bridgewater on your roster currently would you rather have are you ready to move on from bridgewater how about, uh, would you yes. rather have Bridgewater or Baker Mayfield? Baker. Wow. Chandler, Bridgewater or Baker? You guys I are... I mean, that's... Yeah, Baker. I mean, Baker okay. at least shows, like, fire and emotion. Like, Bridgewater is just kind of a teddy bear out there. And has an arm. A teddy bear. He's teddy I get bear, it. Yeah. Uh, would you rather have Baker Mayfield or a rookie in this year's draft class? Uh, probably a rookie. I'm very intrigued by Malik Willis. Mm. I don't know what to think of him. I just, I don't, I don't really know either. But I'm intrigued. Is he your favorite prospect in the class? After watching some tape the other day, yeah. I mean, him or, um, you know, Sam Howell. I still feel like is getting a lot of shade, just for I guess not meeting expectations this year. I don't think he'll be a top first round pick but i feel like he could be a decent back in first second round pick i would like to ask a scout or even north carolina fans the north carolina games i watched which were very few it might have just been one or two there were a lot of cases where i came away thinking an nfl receiver makes that catch yeah he just didn't have the help and he was missing those two nfl running backs i feel like he had some good throws that were going to be caught on sunday so i'm not completely out on him the problem um, with this quarterback class is it's like you're not completely out on any of them, but yeah. you're not completely in on any of them either. Would you rather have Baker Mayfield or Tyler Huntley from the Ravens? Baker. He just hadn't shown you Yeah, enough. I mean, he plays in a system. Okay. Uh, I would have to have their OC along with him. Would, uh, you'd rather have these two guys over Bridgewater, I guess. Would you rather have Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr? Like I'm picking between them. Yeah. Uh Der- <laughs> neither. Uh, so you I guess be- Derek Carr, but he's so scared to get hit. Like he throws the ball. I feel like he's gonna be a good fit for the Patriots uh offense with McDaniels because like he just wants to take a two step drop and get rid of it as quickly as possible, which is what the Patriots essentially do. You think McDaniels sticks with Carr? I do. It's crazy that McDaniels, I looked it up, I go, he was 09, 10, does that sound right, as the Broncos coach? Yeah. That's over a decade ago, and he's he's doing this thing all over again, uh, back to the AFC West, and he's got a quarterback. Did he uh, have Cutler? 
He had Cutler and then he traded Cutler. That's right. For, for Kyle Orton. freaking Orton. Yeah, he went backwards. Is, that was weird. I mean, he pissed off Denver fans immediately. I wonder if he sticks with Carr uh, as his quarterback in Vegas. I got a $400 autographed Jay Cutler helmet, and he traded Jay Cutler the next month. Dang. I was pissed. Yeah. Although the authentic helmet, still sweet. Yeah, I guess... I guess you'd almost just rather wash that Cutler interview yeah. off of it and have a – is it like an authentic Broncos helmet? Yeah. Well, that's cool to have. Yeah. A little pricey, but okay. All right, I think that's all my quarterback questions. Um, I was listening to Pick Central today, and they were talking about, you know, Brady retiring, still had years left probably. They were talking about the Manning Super Bowl and how the defense carried Manning, which we can agree that – 100%. He, had, he was not the Peyton Manning that we knew – but they said that Brock Osweiler got hurt, and if he was 100% healthy, like Manning played through the playoffs, was that a thing? Like if Osweiler was healthy, was he playing over Peyton Manning at that time? I don't remember that. So what happened was Peyton, they started that year 6 or 7-0, and but then Peyton just, he had a foot injury. I think it was uh, some type of mid-foot tear where he just could not plant and throw. So he was had, it Liz Frank? I like saying Liz I Frank. I think something of that caliber. But it, they basically – he tried to play through it, and he was so bad they had to bench him and gave him three or four weeks to recover. And then he was back healthy. Peyton was. But Osweiler was playing so good, like they, they were kept winning games. Did he have a big win against, like, the Patriots? He beat the Patriots in yeah. the snow. And that basically got them home field advantage. And then the final – week of the season the broncos played the Chargers at home if they if they lost they would have been a wild card team if they won they were going to be the number one seed and they were losing the game osweiler was still the starting quarterback the offense was just stagnant and they put peyton in and he comes in basically the funniest thing about it was he didn't throw it the entire drive he just handed it off but it like ignited the offense they ended up winning the game Got a buy, and he ended up being the quarterback in the playoffs. But yeah, he was just a shell of himself. Kind moment. of a Brady Bledsoe situation, yeah. Where Bledsoe was the starter, got hit by Mo Lewis. Brady comes in. Brady gets hurt in a playoff game. I want to say against the Steelers, and Bledsoe comes in and wins it. But then they go back to Brady after that. All right. I didn't remember the Oswald. I guess why I didn't remember is because Osweiler never took over and stayed quarterback for the Broncos. He didn't because the whole because Peyton retired and then Osweiler's contract ran out and they wanted to resign him and then I think it was the Texans that gave him all that money and he actually went to because I did a sports trivia question about this he was a um, he was made the playoffs with the Texans I want to say really played in a playoff game either way he anyway the Brocket yeah. ship. But he, I'll never. I mean, they wouldn't have won a Super Bowl without Osweiler coming through that year. He earned his ring. He did. He uh, he honestly did. <laughs> All right, great draft pick by Elway. Uh, just one of many. Yeah, I would say. All right, uh, let's see. We'll wrap it up with Igo. Anything else? Not a whole lot, man. Do you have an early Super Bowl pick? I hate that uh, I'm going to have to root for the Rams, but I have to. Yeah, I, th- I. Everybody's gonna be pulling for the Bengals. And you, you are doing that because you have some cash on them. I don't know. This is this is an enjoyable Super Bowl for me because for the first time I'm not pulling against the Chiefs or the Patriots in a number of years, so I can just sit back and enjoy it. 
You don't really have hatred towards the Rams. Are you pulling for Von Miller? I am pulling for Von Miller. I would like to see Von Miller win another ring, but I'm not going to be mad if the Bengals win their first Super Bowl ever. It's a cool Super Bowl. It's a cool Super Bowl. My dad grew up an L.A. Rams fan, so he's like tried to act like he's not into the NFL since they moved back to L.A., but he kind of is. I was texting my mom. He was cussing at the TV during the game. So, so he's into it. He's That's into cool. it. So I would like to see the Rams win for my dad. All right. Um, but other than that, it is what it is. I'm I'm just going to enjoy the game. Great game for kids, too. Great colors. The mm-hmm. coolest helmets, maybe, in all of football. Although the Rams still have the ugliest jerseys with those stupid numbers. What are yeah. they doing, man? Yeah. I hope the Rams wear the um, like 90s colors, where the blue, where it's, uh, it's not as updated with the weird like three-tone yeah. jerseys. I hope they wear the old school ones. That would be cool. All right. Thanks, Steven. Thank you. You're welcome. When we return, we will talk to Ryan Wallen from the Owls 24-7 site. Get a Temple update when we return on Pirate Radio Live. Ryan's a good dude. All right. We'll see after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Did you miss the show on Pirate Radio? Well, you can listen to all of Pirate Radio's archived local programming by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Subscribe today by going to the podcast app on your iPhone or Apple device and search for Pirate Radio Audio Archives. I'll head back in to PRL. Here is Cliff Rock. All right. Thank you, Shirley Rhodes. Welcome back into the show. We've been kind of PA heavy in the uh, show today because we had Bryant Packard, former Pirate, who thinks he'll be starting his minor league baseball season in Erie, Pennsylvania, he said. We had Jeff Nadeau, who I believe is from Lancaster, PA. And now we'll uh, we'll go talk some Temple Owls. Of course, they call their home Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We'll welcome in Ryan Wallen from Ryan uh, Wallen 24-7 on Twitter. Owls Daily 24-7 covering the Temple Owls. Ryan, I, I guess you're familiar with your uh, your PA geography, right? Yes, sir, I am. Where are you, uh, where are you located? I live in uh, around the Gettysburg, Pennsylvania area, actually. Okay. But uh, went to school in Temple, lived in PA my whole life. So, yeah, I'm uh, very familiar with all those areas. <laughs> all right. And unfortunately, we're familiar with Temple because Damian Dunn hit a dagger three at the buzzer uh, to knock off the Pirates the first time around. Stephen Igo and I were looking at the schedule a moment ago, saw that Temple uh, had a bit of a pause after that. Uh, but have played pretty well since then. A loss to SMU, who looks really good this year, Ryan. But uh, Temple uh, appears to be playing uh, pretty good, at least compared to how they started the conference season. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, this has all been um, an unexpected, per se, uh, season, considering what happened to the Owls earlier this year. Obviously, I'm referring to uh, leading scorer Kayla Battle going down with a broken foot. Um, and, and really, that was that was the turning point in the season where you know a lot of Al fans thought that you know this was going to be uh, a write-off season. You know, 
let's play the games and see if we can compete, get some of these young guys experience and we'll just have to look forward to next year. But, you know, that's not been the case. As you mentioned, you know, Damian Dunn's really stepped up into that role that battle had played and really become, you know, the floor manager and that leading scorer that the Owls need, especially in late game situations. And, and the Owls have closed some really key games in late game situations and they're winning those games tight late. Uh, um, and obviously uh, tomorrow night's game against, ECU is going to be a big one for him. It's a homecoming, and he called it that today during his uh, media availability, and he said he's going to have a lot of people in town uh, from Kinston. Yeah, I suspected that. Said that uh, on the show yesterday. Should be a nice Damian Dunn uh, crowd on hand for Wednesday night. Menji's Coliseum. The Pirates have been having some good crowds this year and uh, are trying to snap a losing streak. So I'm looking forward to uh, tomorrow night's game in Menji's Ryan. Should be a good one, uh, judging off the, the first meeting between these two teams. How about Aaron McKee? Still early uh, in his tenure there, and he's a former player, so people love uh, Aaron McKee. But we know how this thing is now. Just so much pressure for coaches to win right away, Ryan. So what uh, what's the take from the, the fan base, the Temple followers on Aaron McKee, what he's been able to do so far in his tenure there and, and, and this season? Yeah, I think, you know, that first year that they started out so hot on him um, in his rookie head coaching year, they started out really hot and then they kind of fell off towards the end of the year and, and ended up finishing sub 500. And, you know, that was, that was a little bit of a letdown uh, for the fans and, and last year's season, obviously, with all the pauses and cancellations and just not being able to get consistency, you know, fans were still let down, even though that that was the case and COVID was playing a factor in, in a lot of the, the games last season. But, you know, they, they had seen that it didn't seem like Aaron was developing these guys. But this year, it, it's been quite the opposite. Fans are actually quite pleased with what he's doing. They're seeing these young guys finally start to take some steps and these young guys that are getting in in action and these freshmen that he recruited especially in particular like Zach Hicks like a Jaleel White type guys they're getting meaningful minutes and they're making an impact on this team early on and, and that's what they like to see and they're hoping obviously that once they do get battle back next year from his injury that maybe next year's a year that Temple can make a run at the conference and, and maybe moving forward that they're going to stay at this level and be able to to compete with the Houston's, with the SMU's, with the Cincinnati's, the Memphises, and all of that. So, you know, I think that fans are quite pleased. And like I said, I think that they, despite writing off the season earlier on, they're starting to see that, you know, this team still has a lot of talent aside from battle and that they're uh, they're quite pleased with how, how the Owls are playing right now and how Aaron McKee is coaching up his guys. Ryan Wallen joining us. Ryan, as you've looked around this league, you know, East Carolina split with Memphis. They have been a major disappointment this year. Uh, if Tulane had a better non-conference uh, start to their season, they could be mentioned in as a potential at-large, but we're not very good in the non-conference. They have been good in conference play. So it's Houston, who clearly is in the NCAA tournament, and SMU. Now, the Pirates haven't faced SMU yet. That's one of the teams they'll only play one time this year. So uh, we've yet to see them. You've seen Temple take uh, on SMU. Uh, it, it, are we on path for a, a two-bid league uh, this year as far as uh, Houston and SMU making the tournament and everybody else on the outside looking in? Is that the way it's looking to you right now? Yeah, I think as it stands right now, it has to be a two-bid league at most. Um, you know, I just don't think anybody's really stood out in the league other than those two teams. And even SMU, you know, people have 
made arguments that they shouldn't even be looked at for the conference or uh, for the NCAAs, which I'm not so sure about. I think they're good enough. You know, they're they're riding a really nice streak here, especially in conference play, and they're looking really good. I know Temple took them to the wire the other night, but. You know they're 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 a team that can score and they have the best player in the conference I think in Davis so I think that they have to be a team that's going to be looked at but other than that unless some team makes a run here in the conference tournament or goes on some ridiculous win streak here to close out the regular season I don't I don't think that there's anybody that really has a case to make um, other than maybe Cincinnati if you look at the records but again it would have to be a ridiculous win streak for them. Ryan, while I'm joining us, Ryan, while we got you here, uh, anything on the uh, the football front? Of course, uh, winter workouts going on. We'll get into spring ball coming up in uh, a month or so. But uh, any Temple football news we should know about? Yeah, well, obviously Temple's got a new coaching staff and, uh, you know, signing days tomorrow. So it's an exciting day for uh, a lot of high school players out there. But there's, you know, just a rejuvenized feel around the football program, uh, despite, you know, how the past season ended in the firing of Rod Carey and his staff. Um, obviously, they brought in uh, Stan Drayton from the University of Texas uh, to be the new head coach. He's now filled out his staff with some very experienced coordinators, a lot of guys that have been in uh, coaching for 20-plus years. Uh, have a lot of experience to advise and help him, you know, establish Temple back as being that Temple Tough program. And uh, fans seem to really enjoy right now what Drayton's doing at Temple, and they really seem to enjoy what what's got what they have going on. So recruiting's going to be a, a big day tomorrow. We'll have to see what he has to say about some of the guys. His first class here at Temple, and uh, we'll see how that plays out on the field coming into spring ball. Yeah, and and Ryan, I, I mean, I said, and I'm sure a lot of people did, the run Temple went on with head coaches and success, and it's a shame that 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 job was not attractive enough, I guess, for those coaches to stick around and continue building. But when a coach would leave, they would just make another tremendous hire. That that run had to end at some point, and uh, it certainly ended. Uh, with the last coach but that run that was a heck of a run temple went on in hiring successful coaches yeah it totally was and you know it date you know figures back to the al golden era who yeah. al golden's a you know assistant coaching with the Bengals, and he's going to be playing in the super bowl or so you know that's a great thing for al obviously and uh, wow you almost had golden versus uh if uh the bucks could have won a couple more games arians could have yeah. got back there yeah you could have had yeah, <laughs> so that would have been a it would have been a fun matchup to have a lot of Temple connections. But, yeah, you know, with Golden, Adazio had decent success at Temple, and obviously it paid off for him getting hired to B.C., but even though his tenure there didn't work out, he was still a pretty decent coach there. Um, Rule, obviously, we know probably will go down as one of the best coaches in Temple history, if not the best or the most successful of the bunch. And then Jeff Collins, you know, followed that up with a couple – seasons and a bowl win something that only two other temple teams had done in history so obviously an excellent run there but then the manny diaz fiasco which led to the rod carry uh era and unfortunately rod and his staff it just it just didn't pan out there and you know you can point to a couple different things of that why that might not have worked out just being out of region unfamiliarity different type of style that uh you know the kids were, were used to and some of the coaches around the Philadelphia area were used to with uh, 
recruiting wise, but you know, it unfortunately just didn't work out. But Drayton seems like a guy that is going to go back to that rules style of coach, and he's a he's a guy that is very adamant about caring about his players and building men off the field before building them on the field. Temple had East Carolina's number on the football field for many years. Finally, the Pirates uh, have that going in the right direction with a couple of wins over the Owls in a row. Now, the Pirates will try to get to uh, split 500 uh, against Temple on the basketball season when they take on the Owls Wednesday night. Ryan, if people want to read more about this Temple uh, basketball team, uh, where can they go to do that? Of course, you can always follow me on Twitter at RyanWallen247, or you can visit our site, OwlsDaily.com, or you can follow the Owls Daily Twitter account at OwlsDaily247 on Twitter. All right, Ryan, uh, thanks for joining us, man. We'll uh, talk to you down the road, talk some uh, Temple football with you later on this calendar year. Awesome, Clips, and thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. There's Ryan Wallen uh, from Owls Daily 24-7. And uh, Damian Dunn going to have uh, some fa- friends and family here to watch him on Wednesday night. The Kinston native lit East Carolina up for 33. I asked Joe Dooley yesterday when he joined us on the show a key to beating Temple this time around. He said, don't let Damian Dunn score 33 points. That'd be a good place to start. All right, let's take a timeout. We'll come back, wrap things up on this Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a look at your stock market report. It was another good day today. The Dow was up 273 points and closed at 35,405. NASDAQ was ahead 106 with uh, its closing cost at 14346 and the S&P was up 30 at 4546 That's your Wells Fargo Advisors financial report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors LLC member SIPC. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Cliff Brock. All right. Uh... It's always fun when we get breaking news during the show. Today we had the whole Brian Flores stuff going on. We were talking earlier about Stephen Ross wanted Brian Flores to meet in a yacht, uh, meet a quarterback. Yeah, we thought it was Deshaun Watson. Well, turns out it wasn't. (laughs) It was the GOAT. Tom Brady. (laughs) Tom Brady. Uh, According to Joe Shad, Tom Brady was the quarterback. Stephen Ross allegedly wanted Brian Flores to meet in an alleged yacht meeting before Brady was a free agent, according to a leaked source. Wow. This whole thing is is wild. I will be... uh, These are the days of our lives. I'll be tuned into my social media tonight to follow... Whoa. Wait, is this guy a real person? I don't know. I don't know if this is real. Never mind. What does it say? It's not real. John Elway called the. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's man. just kind of funny because John. It's the Broncos. Some say John Elway has a bit of a a horse face. <laughs> not me. Some say that. 
but it says John Elway called these allegations horse bleep. But <laughs> I think it's all fake. I don't know. Be careful what you uh, believe to be true and fake out there on the internet. Yeah, people. I've been catfished myself online. So, so have I. Yeah. We Remember both the, have it the same time. Uh, Chandler and Shirley catfished each other once. Uh, yeah, well, it was a I tweet. I saw it on MTV. <laughs> I'm joking. It was a tweet for baseball, I think it was. And uh, I, I, oh, it was Duke baseball. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Somebody yeah. was... Uh, somebody made their account into Duke baseball yeah. and was saying like, yeah. man, I wish we had Thomas Francisco on our team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah me yeah, and yeah. Shirley were yeah. like flabbergasted by that and i then, was like look how nice they're being right now and then they were like no it's somebody else's account i'm like ah hate it when that happens watch out for the fishies all right speaking of fishies bryce williams joins us tomorrow he likes catching fishies yeah he does we'll uh talk to him and a whole lot more coming up wednesday on pirate radio live see you at three o'clock so long everybody Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.